Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to The Horror Hangout, a podcast where film fans watch the best and worst horror movies of all time and talk about them. My name is Ben Errington and I'm joined by co-host Mr. Andy Conduit Turner. Hello Ben, I am back, but let's not dwell on that because we have a guest. Yeah, let's not dwell on that. There's no point dwelling on that. We've got a very special guest. We are joined by uh, Kim Morrison. She describes herself as a one-dimensional teenage gorehound. Wow, that is incredible description of anybody uh she's a writer a senior contributor and social media manager for ghouls magazine plus an eddie munson addict welcome <laughs> to the show kim hi thanks for having me hello how you doing i'm doing very well thank you one-dimensional teenage gorehound could you not have, i mean i think there's a lot more dimensions to you like that was um that was um, some random guy on Letterboxd called me that after I wrote a list about like my favourite films from the 2000s, I think it was. And he, <laughs> he said, uh, this is a terrible list. It looks like it's been written by a one-dimensional teenage gorehound. And me and all the other ghouls uh, thought that was hilarious. So I sort of <laughs> uh, adopted it. <laughs> it's very strange it looks... that it's experienced, though, Kim. It's not like a guy to you know come at a woman for having opinions on the internet. <laughs> Especially in horror films, yeah. Must be the first time ever. (laughs) I'm always I'm always perusing letterbox looking for lists that I can just attack and insult the person (laughs) who's written them. That you can disagree with. Just text can I have you got a capacity to DM this person? Yeah. I want to tell them who their mom slept with, all these other things that that I can I can elude from this uh, list that I disagree with. I like owning the attempted insult is always good. Uh I definitely approve of that. Yeah, um, I like it. So today we're discussing a film that is very close to Kim's heart. In fact, you suggested that we watch this film, and me mm-hmm. and Andy had never seen it before, <laughs> uh, which I was explaining to you before at the top of the show. It's kind of weird because it's right in my ballpark, like late, um, late nineties uh, teen horror movies with like some sort of new metal soundtrack. Yeah, my bread and butter. But no, I've never seen it before. 
So it is one of my notes, Ben. We'll come to it. I, it's a very early bullet point. Do real big fish attend this school? Because I'm pretty sure. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm pretty sure I hear them as they're as they're arriving at school that first day. Who's they're that? Full scar mode. That's real big fish practicing around the corner. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so Kim, what is your what is your relationship with this film? Why why do you love it so much? Well, obviously, we will get into the review of the film a, l- a little bit later, but I thought it was a good place to to kick off. Yeah, I think. Um... I can't really remember the first time I watched it, but it was one of those films that I just watched a lot as a teenager. It's probably because it was one of the ones that was like on TV quite a lot because um, when I was a teenager, we didn't have Sky or anything. So it was anything that popped up on uh, <laughs> like terrestrial TV was what we used to watch. Um, and anything that had like an angry teenage girl in it, I just like gravitated towards. So like this, The Craft, Ginger Snaps were literally like never out of my DVD or VHS probably at the time um, player. And I think, um, yeah, just because Rachel's a bit like gothy and a bit like a bit alternative and a, like quite like angry at everyone, it definitely resonated with me as a, as a teenager. And it's kind of, I am a massive Stephen King film as well. So it has a sort of tangential relationship to the Stephen King world. So it appealed to me on uh, many levels. Yeah, and I mean a very like unconventional sequel, but also one that seems to be like critically. It's definitely got a cult following, it seems, but one that like critically was a bit. So it wasn't that well received. Yeah, I don't. I I've I've met very few people who have nice things to say about it. Like I think everyone just kind of goes, "Oh, it's a sequel to Carrie, and it's basically the same story, so it's it's rubbish." But I think it 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 definitely handles. I think it takes the story and sort of handles it in a different way and sort of. Um, deals with different sort of topics than the, than the, the first mm. one did. Um, so I think that makes it really interesting. And I think it gets maybe like a bit of a bad time just because it's a um, a Stephen King sequel that's people maybe just think it's a bit of like a cash grab or whatever. But I think like it sort of works very well on its own, um, even though they do kind of bring in a lot of carry references to t- tie it back. Yeah, I think you could, it, it probably would stand up on its own without even that relation to Carrie. It's mm-hmm. kind of like, uh, some descriptions of it is as the connection to that film's kind of shoehorned in a bit. I mean, I guess so, but it is kind of experiencing the same sort of thing. And I guess it wouldn't be a cash grab, the fact it was it came out 20 years later. Mm. A cash grab would be 1979's Carrie 2. <laughs> About raising out of the grave or appearing from the future. <laughs> the beginning. Yeah. This time she's good. This time she's good. She always was good. Um, so there was obviously. I, I just wanted to bring this up as well because I don't know. There was a remake that came out like early two thousands as well. Is that right? A remake of Carrie two or a remake of Carrie one? A remake of Carrie one because I was just thinking um, of the movie because obviously it was only a few. I, I know the Chloe Moretz Carrie didn't come out not long there's, after there's that. Two, but I mean, there's two remakes of Carrie then, right? There's a nineties yeah. one and a. And a Chloe Grace Moretz one of what twenty twelve ish something like that. Yeah, so I think there's a two thousand and two Carrie TV movie, which is like a sort of straight remake of that original, original Carrie. I was just I was just wondering if anybody had seen that because obviously it's only three years after the obviously this one was out. So I was just wondering if there are any similarities at all. Um, um, yeah, I've seen that. Um, it's quite so. It's it's quite similar to the original film, though it's a bit. It gives there's kind of more explanation i guess because it's longer it's kind of two big episodes like stephen king mini series kind of standard thing and i think the ending's very different i'm entirely sure that carrie actually survives in the end um and goes away with 
her pal uh, Sue. I don't know if it's still Sue in that one. Um, but it, it is quite good. It's got um Angela Bettis in it. It's in like May and things. And it actually it popped up last week on um on Prime that you can watch it free with adverts because I was very excited because I haven't yes. seen it since it first came out. And I was like, yes, I'm definitely gonna rewatch that. Um so yeah, no, I would definitely check that out. It's anything carry adjacent is good in my books. <laughs> anything carry adjacent. Yeah. <laughs> I, I saw it pop up on Prime as well, which is why I was gonna mention it because it's there's like a thing on Prime and there you can watch certain horror there's loads of horror on there actually mm-hmm. to be fair where you can watch with ads and that carry popped up and i was like oh yeah i remember this sort of remake but i don't think i've seen it so yeah it looks very similar though. i'm just looking at some screenshots it almost looks like a sort of 90s remake of mm-hmm. of that and obviously this sequel is, is completely different completely different vibe um but still somebody with tele telekinetic powers um Stephen King loves the telekinetic. He does go gone wild beyond beyond Stephen King loving just the telekinetics gone wild. He loves he loves a, te- a pyrokinetics. He loves any type of kinetics that you can get, usually in a young girl in a film where you wouldn't be surprised if either depending on if they're good or bad, Professor X or Magneto turns up at the end. <laughs> is, ah, recruited, like I think Stephen King <laughs> recruited 90s, Stephen King in the eighties and nineties when he was writing these books obviously reading a lot of Claremont X-Men because <laughs> there are a lot of teenagers with suddenly developing powers that if only there was a school in upstate New York <laughs> to harness them and protect a world that fears and hates them. But no, also, unfortunately also, just horror. This could be Matilda if she goes down a slightly different path, you know? Yep. If she's like, my, I'm sick of my mum and dad. <laughs> if it, if it weren't, if it weren't for the positive animal. influence of Miss Honey, <laughs> you could have been a Carrie. Miss Honey, <laughs> one of my one of my first crushes, I think. Miss Honey, what just the Quentin, what, Blake, what... the Quentin Blake picture of her in the book? <laughs> I was about to say, I don't know what that says about me as a person. Like a lovely teacher who treats you nicely. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh god, I feel it makes me come over all. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> so obviously we will get into into that um, and into this movie. Uh, in great detail in a second got some horror news to to give to bring to the table first a couple of stories um number one is that 28 months later is apparently finally coming together question mark i had a question mark on the end of it because you know who knows i think danny boyle was involved in some sort of screening of 28 days later um like a q a this this week and there's been well, some other stuff in the press yeah other stuff in the press as well. And apparently he says he'd be very tempted to direct it if it came out 28 months later, um, referring to a script that Alex Garland has apparently already written. And he said, now feels like a good time to do it. Um, which is kind of weird because, you know, it's been longer than 28 months since yeah. <laughs> since uh, 28 started days the later. Clock the first time the film came out. <laughs> Imagine that viral marketing. If you've got the second film ready to go 28 weeks later, filmed them back to back. Even though the film that is entirely Robert Carlyle's fault. You left your wife. You're not going back for one more kiss. Leave it. You've blown that one. Learn to walk away, Robert Carlyle. Learn... Oh, Robert Carlyle. Jesus. If you could have left it, nothing would have gone wrong. It Robert been... Carlyle is absolutely terrifying at 28 months later. Like, he just got serious crackhead energy. <laughs> like, like, when he's just kind of like, just. He's just like standing, staring at you from like the end of a corridor. Already and a psychopath he's... before he had the rage virus. He thought he could somehow resolve that relationship, having left your wife to be eaten. She's not going <laughs> to forgive you, Robert. 
I want to see Begbie in the 28 Days <laughs> Later, in the 28 Days Later universe. Could you imagine that the rage infected people wouldn't go near him? It might go, it might go full circle though, and he'd become, he'd get it. And be like, oh, actually, that's balanced me out. You know, like people that have tranquilizers. <laughs> Where he just becomes a really calm, level-headed oh, guy. Just normal. Like I'm a, I'm a regular amount of angry now. I, I could be cross. You test me. I'll, I'll go for it. But on the on so, balance of things, I think I've been a bit unreasonable. In a few <laughs> in my life. Shouldn't have thrown bit. that pint glass over the edge. That was silly. <laughs> That's horrific. It's like a stein as well. Is anybody? Is anybody? Would anybody like? Do you guys love those movies? Would you like to see a third instalment in it? I know Killian Murphy has kind of commented apparently that he would. Well, I don't know about this. If this is true, he's been linked to returning, but he said, "I think there's a problem. I'm 20 years older, and obviously, if it's 28 months later, it's essentially, yeah, yeah. two and a bit years." I mean, that I think it'd be great. Yeah, I think, like, I, I love the first one. Uh, yeah, 28 uh, weeks later kind of makes me a bit angry because it's just a bit, just terrible decisions, basically, all around. Um, yeah. But the first one was was brilliant. And um, I, like, there's nothing scarier than a, a speedy zombie as well. So I would, I mean, I would definitely watch another one, especially, like, yeah, I love um, Alex Garland's weird, weirdo touch on things as well. So I think that would be good. Yeah. I'm, I'm very interested I'm to see yeah. what. Okay, I turn up. I turn up to watch it. Um, I'm the same with other things that we've had, like, like The Last of Us and so on. Did you need a sequel? Not necessarily. Would you turn up and enjoy one? Probably, probably quite a lot. I think I've only seen Twenty Eight Weeks Later once, twice, not many times. I always forget that Jeremy Renner's in that. Mm. When he turns up, you go, huh? Does he not <laughs> get like? Roasted alive by other soldiers. Is that him? Someone gets like what? They, what, they just make fun of him. No. <laughs> Someone gets like actually torch, like blow torch to death as they're pushing oh, the car away to say, "Is that him?" Yeah, possibly. Yeah, it's that's. I uh, really yeah, I don't. I don't like that. That's not a pleasant, a pleasant no. death. Not a fan. Even for, even for Jeremy Renner. When yeah. They roasted him. They just go, Jeremy Renner. You can. You're not a hawk guy. You can throw a dart, a dartboard from five feet away, mate. And he goes, "What?" And they go, "On your ass, shit." Is it is is a picture of you when you were a kid? Look at how your teeth are too big for your head. It's like, oh no, <laughs> I grow into them. I'll grow into them when I'm fifteen. I'm classically handsome. What are you talking about? Uh, you weren't always. Uh, have some gentle, have some gentle mockery. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, a sequel, yeah, but in the in the hands of like Danny Boyle. I know he's probably a completely different filmmaker these days. Um, and Alex Garland, it could be amazing. And. 20 days later, one of my favorite films. 20 weeks later, I think that opening scene alone is is spectacular. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, there's nothing fa- there's nothing scarier than a fast zombie. Also, in the first movie, there's nothing scarier than having to change a tire while fast <laughs> zombies are on their way. I reckon even if the zombies could barely walk and I had to change a tire before they got there, if it was not in a living dead scenario and they went change this tire before the zombies get to you, I'd be like, no, I can't. I'd have to really plan around it. I'd have to walk like about eight miles away, get them all there. Yeah. Get another car, <laughs> or take a take a bicycle with me. Get back, then I can fix the first. Car. Yeah. Also, hopefully, that... hopefully YouTube can still work, so I can look up how to effectively change a tire because that is not a this. <laughs> that's the that's the scariest moment. Or a drop of blood in the eyeball is one mm-hmm. that is also a horrible horrible moment in that film. Oh. It serves him right. What was he? What was that bird doing to him in the first place? 
was just it was mind like your own business, mate. Mind your <laughs> own business. Human. Uh, okay, so that's that's. I mean, that's the most interesting piece of news this uh, this week. Scream Six has apparently been delayed to March 2023. I still find it kind of crazy that we're getting a, a sequel like so soon. I thought it would be a few years, a couple of years at least. Um, but yeah, I guess it's been delayed. Well, I thought it was a bigger delay. Sorry, when I opened this story, I was like, hang on a minute. How long has it been delayed by? It's only been delayed by like 30 days. <laughs> so it's not really a big deal at all, just, is it? Just scheduling. Marketing needs a bit more time. We're going to do another poster. We're going to do another. We're going to do another cut of the trailer. Really get the get the hype going. Nothing. What do we? Sense. What do we think is actually going to happen? Have you seen? Have you seen the most recent Scream, Kim? Yeah. Um. I mean, I don't know, but if they if they bring Kirby back just to kill her, uh, I'm never going to watch another Scream because I've already had to deal with Randy dying and already thinking Kirby was dead. If they bring her back in this one and then like kill her in the opening kill or something, I'm going to be um, very upset. But I do love a Scream. I love a Scream film. Um, mm. So, um, yeah, I'm excited to see where they take it, though I didn't um, like the last one as much as I wanted to. But um, I'm still super hyped yeah. for another one <laughs> are they going to move it away from woodsboro do we think because i've heard some rumors that maybe it's going to be in new york yeah or, or went like really well last time they did that though right yeah <laughs> yeah when they took it to hollywood hollywood yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh, yeah do you reckon with nev campbell not reprising a role they might do something in that like will they have scream unmask off screen and go oh my goodness Sydney Prescott it was you all along <laughs> don't say anything there's nothing you can say that changes yeah. <laughs> put that mask back down while we finish this off is that legit though is she definitely not back for this one I thought that I there think was that came some... I think that came out that's the story right but it would be an excellent fake out if this is a big plan so you can be surprised later on I mean that's true yeah. but I yeah. do think they maybe just need to leave her her and Courtney Cox's character should just maybe get to just like chill out. Like they don't, mm. <laughs> they don't need to be involved. Like every time, like what a shame that we haven't gone through this. Like it'll mm. be six times now. Um, they maybe just need some chill out time. Too many. And yeah. So Kirby, Kirby is Hayden Panettiere. Is that correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And forgive me in my memory of the scream, but she is dead. Yeah, she got um, she got quite stabbed a couple of times in the stomach at the end of four. And then you just never mm. saw her again. You never saw her body. You never saw whether she was okay. alive or not. But in the in the last film, there was like a a YouTube video on one of the screens that said like chat with Woodsboro survivor Kirby and Dewey had her ah, number and his phone okay. and stuff. So and then it got announced that she was she was actually coming back for it. So it's pretty but, exciting. <laughs> I guess if you watched that video, it said ah, people thought it was dead. I was just poorly. I was in hospital for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. You get stabbed in the stomach loads and survive. <laughs> I've also seen some like dodgy like fan art, which is like Stu not dead as well, like his face all mashed up on from obviously getting a TV dropped on his head and a He's TV. Technically, in, technically like... in it. Isn't he? What was that? He's technically in five, isn't he? He's in the golden screen mask in the. Oh yeah, of course, movie. yeah, of course. Um, so obviously very different getting a TV dropped on your head in 1996. Big CRT TV, that's pretty much the end of you. Um, I don't know. I, I kind of, I'm I'm kind of on the fence of it. I kind of feel like its reliance on legacy characters kind of works, but I feel like bringing characters back from the dead who are definitely, you know, they're definitely dead um, feels a bit lazy. But yeah, I think just make, like Neve, Cam Neve 
Campbell and Courtney Cox just have just have a day off. Yeah, just chill out. <laughs> no need to get involved this time. What what is it even going to be called as well? Because I think I've seen some rumors it's going to be called Scream Two, but like Scream uh, Roman numerals. Wow, <laughs> that won't be confusing at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean that's that's just insane, isn't it? Scream Two, yeah, but which one? Yeah, the well, second there one. Are, <laughs> there are three Halloween twos, aren't there? So yeah, yes. Maybe that'll work. Who knows? Who okay. knows? Like, just an impossible to name title. And then I do hope there's some surprises because I think the one thing that Scream always has done is really build on that meta fiction. I think I mentioned it when we talked about Five Cream that really, <laughs> realistically, I expect it to be so meta that I am somehow the killer when I go to watch it. You look down at your hands, you go, it was or just me. Th- there's, they, they, they install like a camera in all, in all the cinemas. And then he goes, oh, we'll reveal the thing. And they've been scamming you. And they, they pull off the mask and it's you. And like, <laughs> How is Hang this? on a minute. Deep fake technology. Yeah. Deep Whoever... fake it. So it's you. Like... And everybody in the cinema somehow sees themselves under the mask. Like everyone was given um, little VR. Yeah. Technology. Oh, we're getting into it now, aren't we? <laughs> oh, you can do that. This is great, Andy. Write this down to the pitch as something. You're the killer all along. Yes, it seems pretty nuts. Uh, okay, last piece of news I've got is that I love a bit of Conjuring Universe news on this show. Um, apparently there was a Crooked Man spin-off in development, as per James Wan, if you remember the Crooked Man from uh, number two. Man, number two, right? Comes out of the comes out of the little little Wendy house the boy is on the on yeah, the he, He's got hat on, um, a dump fit him, covering his eyes, he's got li- little <laughs> spectacles, ever such sharp teeth. I don't know. I'm. I don't know. I'm bringing this news up. As I said, the news is still on the ground this week, but apparently it's not happening anymore. They've got. You know what? There's not enough want or need for a crooked man movie. Maybe like five, six years ago, but no more. We're focusing on the Nun Two. No more spin-offs from the the Conjuring Universe team ups. No minor characters. Is that the Nun Two? Ibiza antics. Is that the one? <laughs> yeah, Valak in Ibiza. Yeah, that's right. The nun too, Colin. She always was the nun. Don't worry about it. No origin. No origin. <laughs> yeah, but what, what was she before she was the nun? She was the a nun. nun. Oh, this is the perfect prequel. I love it. But she wasn't a nun. She just like Valak always looked quite a lot like a nun. And in a hell roast, they were like, "Yeah, here you are in hell. You look like a bloody nun, don't you?" Which is very embarrassing if you're <laughs> from hell. If you're a demon. Think about that just the other day when I was Valak. Well, I was delayed at the airport. I was just, technically in hell. I bet everyone's really religious. I love. They're all, they're but, all in hell. It's been like, oh, blooming hell, got that wrong. I'd love the fact that if you were stuck at the airport, you just turned to a complete stranger and said that to them. <laughs> Excuse me. I reckon in hell everyone's dead religious because they <laughs> see demons all the time. And if you were bad, surely the devil would like you, not punish you if he's bad. True. That's true. That's true. <laughs> God. Sorry, um, but I, I'm going to hell now. I've assumed the devil's gender. <laughs> I think the Nun 2 should be called the Nun 2 Back in the Habit. <laughs> if we're just and reusing it... titles, then yeah, why not? Back in the Valak. That like <laughs> habit sounds a bit like it. I love it. Cool. <laughs> I love it. If that, Valak is a honest to goodness demon getting about, must be livid. Everyone knows its name. <laughs> If I was encountering a demon and understanding as much as demons as I do, which is very little, I understand that knowing their names is 
don't know, gives you all sorts of mm-hmm. over them. That would be the first one I tried. <laughs> It'd be like a proper Rumpelstiltskin situation. Valak would be like, ah, he's so <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm, I'm going to get you. And I say, is that Valak? He'd be like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Just go. Jesus. <laughs> you wouldn't say that. That's a swear word for them. At the start of the show, we really do have the best ideas. We should really write them down. Or is it like when you're at, when you're at an after party at like five a.m. and someone has to go, "I've got a great business idea," and you go, "What?" And then you listen, and you go, "Sign me up." This is this is brilliant. Someone someone write it down. Someone text me that tomorrow. <laughs> text me that tomorrow, and they I, text you and they go, "What the fuck's the other way?" I'd probably agree. Some of these are very bad ideas, but I've seen far worse movies. So come on. Yeah, exactly. give me a million dollars, Hollywood. <laughs> yeah, not even a million. How much did Terrifier two cost? Two hundred fifty grand. Give me two hundred fifty grand, and I'll make <laughs> Valak two back in the habit happen. Okay. Uh, yeah. So that's it for horror news. I guess we move swiftly on to what we've been watching. Um, I guess this week or any time recently, Andy, you've not been on the show. Kim, you've never been on the show, so feel free to mention anything that you've seen. What have recently. you watched ever? <laughs> horror, horror or horror adjacent? Um, well, any... yeah, I did. Um, I did the thing over August to so October where you had to watch a hundred horror films that you hadn't seen, um, oh, wow. in ninety-two days. I saw and you doing that. That was incredible. Yeah, I watched seven on Halloween itself to finish because I, I just I went through a period of September where I couldn't watch any. So my October and august uh letterbox thing is just an absolute nightmare off really terrible netflix <laughs> horror films because i was trying to pick things that were really short as well um but this week i finally went to see um barbarian in the cinema after um avoiding spoilers and trailers and everything for it i actually saw like half the trailer when we went to see halloween ends and then realized what it was and then sat like oh, this yeah. for the rest of the trailers to try and block out <laughs> um and yeah, it was fantastic. I'm obviously not going to spoil anything because it's just yeah, go in as as uninformed as you possibly can. But it was it was brilliant. I loved it. It was just bananas. Um, mm. though the the little Airbnb house they stayed in, um, I just couldn't help thinking like how beautiful it was. I was like, I know there's some weird stuff going on here. I was like, well, I would like to stay in that house. It's really cute. I'd love to stay in the house, <laughs> especially that neighborhood. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <You're> right, <again. laughs> Yeah, right. property. I haven't seen it yet. I um turned out when yeah. I went away to the US where I thought I'd be able to catch both um Barbarian and Pearl. Ended up expecting me to work and be really, really busy the entire <laughs> week, so I didn't get any downtime. The movies left the US theaters and came over to the UK. They passed you yeah. as you as you passed, went over the Atlantic. Yeah. So I'm gonna catch up on it soon because it's more widely available. And it's some cinema releases, and I know that it's streaming in other territories now. It won't be too long. <clears throat> it is great i don't always enjoy films that make me go what the actual fuck but <laughs> for this film i said that a, n- a number of times um and in a positive way you know sometimes mm-hmm. you could be like what the actual fuck but no i was like what the actual fuck um i i guess like of all the people we've ever had on the show that i'm asked what you've been watching no one has ever said i watched 100 horror movies in the last <laughs> Two days. months, seventy days or something. So, any other like any other like that jump out? Any recommendations from that? Huge. Um, I finally okay. got to see High Tension because it got added to Shudder. Um, oh, yeah. and I'd be I'm I'm not the biggest fan of 
proper gory stuff because I just um I literally read a scene from Terrifier 2 on Wikipedia and I felt sick like I don't think I could watch but I, I, for some reason I convinced myself that high tension was going to be great and it finally got added to Shudder and it was it was brilliant um I really loved it it was uh the, the gore was contained enough to just a couple of small scenes that it was it was it was fine and I did spend a lot of time on Reddit threads afterwards about um the ending and stuff that I'd went before mm. to link to the ending and stuff so it was really good so I think yeah I'm just uh I'm trying to have a look at my my letterbox uh and I watched oh the original Wolfman as well which I'd never seen um and I love werewolf films so I don't know why I hadn't seen the original one and it was fantastic as well like um just yeah really good I'd watched the original Dracula and thought it was a bit like kind of crammed in to the runtime compared to like the book and things but the original Wolfman was was um like the Universal Monsters one was mm. excellent one key takeaway from the original Wolfman, as we, and we've mentioned it recently on the show, is that a bit dodgy, that bloke. Was, I've been watching you through the window. Less, less problematic as a wolf than he is as a guy. I think that's <laughs> arguably less of a predator. Yeah. <laughs> Much less of a predator. You should go out with me. Nah, yeah. I'm engaged. Yeah. Oh, I'll yeah? keep asking until you say yes. That's how it works. Yeah, yeah, unless your fiance is literally here to beat me up, I don't respect that at all. Yeah. So I'm going <laughs> to keep on dragging. Sell us a sell us a walking stick, will you? <laughs> I'll see you this uh, from our Chekhov range here. It's one with a silver wolf head on it. Perfect for being a, a werewolf. <laughs> Perfect for being a werewolf to death with. Which, incidentally, the local gypsies are talking about at the mm. minute. So, we we also mentioned, and it's probably the best foot transformation scene in cinema, right? Can't name a never, better one. Never. It's just a just a just a just a, a cross spade from like normal feet <laughs> to hairy wolf feet, and I was like, ah, yeah. feet feet that look like those big like gorilla slippers you get for Christmas. Yes. <laughs> Sometimes. Uh, yeah, and yeah, high tension is is great. I've not seen it for quite a while, mm-hmm. quite a few years, um, but yeah, it's definitely probably worth going back to. Um, Awesome. Anything else that's worth worth a shout, or have you got too? Is your list too extensive? I mean, like... uh, I think I'm trying to look. The thing I think the one I rated the highest recently, and uh, not really a film because it's quite short, was that Werewolf by Night that got added to um, Disney Plus. Um, I like that again because werewolves always good, but um, I just loved the whole vibe of it, like the whole like black and white old kind of monster mm. movie, and it was funny, and the monsters were great, and the um the main guy was just amazing it was just it was really good Uh, my boyfriend's not seen it and I was like I'll watch it again with you because I liked it that much like it was just fantastic so um yeah a bit a lot a lot of fun and I yeah we're a little I think we're past it enough now I'll give a quick spoiler warning before I say out loud spoilers I really like man (laughs) thing in it as well I think man thing is great and I never thought I'd see the day where we get another another representation of like old horror marvel comics coming up coming mm-hmm. up there because you know I've, I've read a lot of their old stuff they do some there's some really cool stuff in like tomb of dracula that i wonder like dracula's public domain now would they ever put him in maybe mm. um really interesting stuff and I, I thought it was delightful and i hope we see more stuff than that's a little bit shorter form that doesn't yeah. have a two hour movie or a six hour series or whatever it would be good to see more horror Marvel stuff. And I think Blade's been put on the back burner as well, hasn't it? For... Mm-hmm. Lost its director, is it? Yeah, I think so. <clears throat> Lost something. Yeah. Uh, 
Andy, have you managed to see anything while you've been on your travels? Um, like I'd predicted, that's why I did such a heavy start to this month. I didn't really have time to watch very much while I was either working away or was then on on holiday. Um, I did a little bit of plane watching, nothing too horror-centric, but I'll save them for prosperity. I watched the 355, which is an action movie. That was lots of fun. Uh, perfect, perfect aeroplane movie. Speaking <laughs> of good aeroplane movies, I also watched Bullet Train. That was on my way home. Um, I watched oh, yeah. it in some terrible turbulence, which kind of made it a horror movie. <laughs> Several moments watching quite a nice, benign, um, fun action movie just pause to go, fuck, 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 fuck. I, thought <laughs> I was going to fall out of the sky to my death. Um, but um, apart from that, oh, and I watched Bodies, Bodies, Bodies again while I was trying to sleep. It was very comforting. Again? Um, yeah, just watched it on the plane because it was on. I was like, it's either that or Minions. And I said, I quite like that that little speech she does about podcasting and when she tells a friend off because her parents are actually upper middle class and she's not a big urban rags to riches story it's uh some fun there's some fun dialogue in that movie so i, I, love... I watching it again i love how you ended up in a situation where it was either that or minions <laughs> again new minions as well not even classic oh, yeah not classic minions new minions yeah. um i went bodies 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 nice <laughs> i've seen actors, a... been. i do have one that i haven't that i saw since i last saw you i've continued my hellraiser journey I think the only one I haven't mentioned is the last one I watched, Hellraiser 8, a.k.a. Hellworld, a.k.a. that one where Hellraiser is an internet game now, and um, <laughs> Hellraiser is an internet game now, um, except it isn't. Spoilers for Hellraiser 8, it's like a uh, colon Hellworld if no one's seen it, but it's actually Bishop from Aliens, his son is dead, and he's having a revenge on on his online mates that weren't very nice to him. So he invites them to Hellraiser colon Hellworld party, drugs them all, buries them alive. <laughs> they all hallucinate seeing a pinhead because they like the Hellraiser game. Um, <laughs> a couple of them Henry, Henry Cavill is in it. Um, is he? <laughs> yeah. Young Henry Cavill is in it as a guy that gets a gobby off possibly a Cenobite, but it's all right, it's all hallucination. That's a gobby um, off a Cenobite. I feel like, I feel like a Cenobite's the last person you want to, <laughs> oh, she to just indulge look, in. She just, she just looks like someone at a party, but then she has a mask on her head that goes all goo. <laughs> gets a bit of a fright, but not enough to stop it. He's like, oh, sorry, I just had a bit of a fright then. I've started, so I'll finish. Is what he said. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah so I never know when this is going to happen for me again, because I'm... <laughs> Giant, classically <laughs> handsome Henry Cavill in this one. A bit of a, a bit of an. Is Henry Cavill? Oh my god. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that was fun. But don't worry, Hellraiser does turn up at the end to go. Oh, I'm here for a little sting. It's me, Hellraiser. Um. But I've got two, just two original recipe Hellraisers left to go. They have titles which I've not committed to memory. Maybe one is Inferno. Maybe one is is another word. Hellraised. Who knows? Another another hell another hell base word like. I don't know a Bible word. Um, <laughs> yeah. I'll, now, now I'm back. I'll get to that, but I might take a little break to watch things like Pearl and Barbarian that I was actually looking forward to, rather than just being a completionist and making myself <laughs> sad to varying degrees. Are you watching Barbarian or Pearl right there, Andy? No, I'm watching Henry Cavill getting a fellatio <laughs> from uh, Cenobite. Oh yeah. Oh, sorry, it's a hallucination. Joy. Nothing weird. <laughs> it's a hallucination. Nothing weird. Uh, I've only seen a couple of things this week so I went to a screening of The Fog 
at the Curzon Cinema in Clevedon, which is like a seaside town as well. So it's the perfect sort mm. of place. Um, it was hosted by DJ Chiba, who did like um, he um, he kind of like did a remix of the Fog original soundtrack before and after the the show in, and then it was immersive. <laughs> there were smoke machines, like things projected on the walls, and then some vengeful sailor ghosts. When they got close. I could tell that they was just people who worked at the cinema, but still, <laughs> it was it was pretty but effective. Yeah, glowing red eyes. Though. Authentic because you're in Bristol, so they'd have the appropriate accents. Exactly, they would. Uh, sailors. It, swords looked a bit plastic. That's all right. That's fine. Um, no, it was really good. Like as soon as the fog started rolling in, because that's the only thing fog does. It rolls in. Um, as soon as it started rolling in in on the screen and then in the cinema, it was very very effective. Um, and then the and we were right near the back as well. So the first instance of one of the ghosts appearing was like right in the sort of my peripheral vision. So I didn't know that there was going to be actually people wandering the aisles. So there was a moment where I did go a bit like oh screaming <laughs> to Charlie, Charlie, get out! The fog's got me. Ah! <laughs> but then I just I pretended I wasn't scared. I went oh, that's embarrassing. I find it funny actually. Yes. I, find I, it find funny. It, I find it funny, not scary. Yeah. Uh, well, I was squeezing her hands. I, as, as I, 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 I always start laughing with a massive scream. <laughs> That's the only way to do it. Um, <laughs> like, laughing like Matt Hancock in that video we saw today, aka famous piece of shit, impossible traitor, Matt Hancock. <laughs> famous piece of shit, definite traitor. Um, yeah. But. I wish the fog ghost would get in. That'd be good. That'd be good TV. Um, but also, um, I guess, oh, sorry, just to mention that the fog thing again is that it was really good. I really recommend seeing a film like that because I've seen some sort of like immersive screeners before, but this was probably the best one. And you could watch the fog like that. You could watch the mist like that. You could watch Silent Hill. Any, any film any there's a fog scene. Thing. Oh, any mist based. I felt the, fo- the fog, you know, a little bit of a romp. Watch out for those pirate ghosts. They'll get you. Can you imagine the the interactive mist experience? <laughs> yeah. hell. Tentacles are just like thirty yeah. foot big, tall. Big tentacles slurping off the Shermanator under a under a warehouse door. <laughs> Next thing you know, Thomas religious James, woman. Yeah, religious woman's there riling everyone up. Next thing you know, Thomas Thomas Jane should have waited five minutes. Shoots his kid. Oh. <laughs> Just wait five minutes. No, it's the only way. Bang. Wait, wait until the monsters are literally about to get you, and then take that resort. There was also on the fog screen. There was also a dude dressed as the priest as well, wandering the aisles, getting chased down by the ghosts. It was good. It was good. The only thing is, like, if you really wanted to watch the film, like your your attention is completely taken away from the movie for like a good few minutes. So, if you've never seen it before, it's probably not the best. Best shushing them. Watching the film. <laughs> watch the bloody film. Put that sword away. Jesus, your red eyes are really. Get on my nerves, you idiot. Um, I also watched Andy. I also watched Chopping Mall. I saw that you'd watched Chopping Mall. I was gonna make sure you mentioned it, Ben. One of my personal <laughs> favorites. Yeah. So I I pretty much only know about this film A from you and B, I think it was on one of the In Search of Darkness documentaries where they kind of like um spoke about it in great detail. And it's weird, isn't it? Because I guess just from the poster and the name of the movie, you kind of just think it's going to be a, a murderer film. A murderer. <laughs> a bloody robots. But it's bloody robots. Um, three evil robots. Obviously, you've got some horror royalty Dark. in it as well. Barbara Crampton. Oh. Uh, who yeah, else? Is there as well? Who's that? 
Old Dick Miller. Dick Miller, no. Mr. Fudderman himself. Oh, He's yeah, of there. course. He gets electrocuted. Um, <laughs> and then you, also... You cast the persuasions on the on the good name of those robots. They, they're not evil, Ben. They just malfunction because <laughs> lightning hits the roof. They I weren't... Help. That that's, 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 that's a mechanical error. There's no morals about it. <laughs> There's also... Oh, yeah, so uh, Kelly Maroney in it as well, who is in Night of the Comet, which is great film as well um i think i mean you've obviously seen it lots andy and you've probably got a love for it because i guess you saw it when you were young as well nah i saw it was about 22 (laughs) (laughs) okay i think i mean personally i think it starts off well and it ends well but maybe there's a bit in the middle where i was a little bit like it's a really short film as well it's only like an hour and 20 minutes long also there's a weird bit where like all of the teenagers are kind of getting it on in a bed shop and they're all (laughs) but they're all essentially just in the same room we're all, teenage- we're, all, we're all teenagers once a day. We'd all have a sleepover <laughs> in, in a bed shop in a DFS. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think why do you think that furniture is always so heavily discounted? <laughs> People have been yeah. sexing on it left and right. People have been sexing on it left and right. But I'm I respect the guys who just watch a really old horror movie while everyone else is getting it on. Yeah, like a big centipede, and they actually have the strongest romantic connection. They were yeah. like, Oh, we haven't we haven't forced this. We've watched the we watched this big centipede movie. Exactly. There's absolutely no sexual connotations about a big centipede <laughs> r- writhing around in pain. What? Yeah, that, that, actually, that actually is a good bonding experience around that shows their connection goes a little deeper than, you know, yeah. it's a really, sorry, I'm John Crinan in this. I'm going <laughs> to be meaningful. For um, a second, I was like, is that John Crinan or is it? No, I haven't got, but, I haven't got such a nice speaking voice. You'd never, you'd never mistake me for John. No. But yeah, I mean, I reckon, recommend Chopping Mall because it's um, very cheesy, very 80s, very, very silly. But the thing is, it's got some good kills, but then I feel like in terms of budget, it just goes, we haven't got any more budget to blow up any more heads. We're just going to have to rotoscope, rotoscope some electrocution uh, effects over people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, and the inconsistent lasers that sometimes <laughs> they just come a bit sharp and sometimes will blow up your entire head. <laughs> <laughs> They've got like do they aim as well as stormtroopers as well these uh these robots because <laughs> they only they only shoot you when it's plot relevant. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that's it. That's pretty much all I've seen this week. I think that's it, apart from the film of the week, which is the Rage Two. Carry the Rage. Ca- carry to the Rage Two. What's it called? <laughs> <laughs> to carry to Rageous. <laughs> it's called Carry Two. Two Two Rage Two. <laughs> Carious, I don't know. <laughs> it's confusing this title. Is 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 there a sequel title? This this is like as confusing as this. It's the most confusing. It's uh it's the same that Jurassic Park does because it's the Lost World Jurassic Park. Yes. It's the same, which is always good knowledge for pub quizzes. Um, that it goes around the other yeah, way. Yeah, um, people because so, people yeah. pull out Jurassic Park too, aren't they? Yeah. No. And then you go. Deliver- <laughs> Yeah, I mean, no I've... points. Like, go, can I have actually? Oh, I've never heard. Of, I've never heard of Jurassic Park two. What's that? They made a Jurassic Park two, did they? Yeah, of course they did. No, I've never heard of it. What's it called? Jurassic Park two. Let me just Google that. No, I've seen the last one. Zero results. Park. Sorry. In fact, when I do Google Jurassic Park two, it says the title that people say that is fucking wrong for the lost world I do enjoy any film now that releases a sequel and instead of um it's a, just a claw mark as the <laughs> Jurassic Park 3. 
yeah. Any anything with animals with sharp claws is is prone to that until you get to four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. Uh, <laughs> um, right, so it is the Rage Carry Two. That's the official way of saying it, which is a 1999 American supernatural horror film directed by Kat Shea. Is that how you say her name? Kat Shea. Kat Shea, uh, starring Emily Burgle, uh, Jason London, Dylan Bruno, J. Smith Cameron, and Amy Irving. It's a sequel to the 1976 horror film Carrie, which is based on the 1974 novel of the same name by Stevie King. Um, and it serves as the second film in the Carrie franchise. Uh, okay, plot-wise, a horrible massacre strikes up after an outcast teenage girl is taunted by a group of high school jocks, all of them unaware of her cutthroat telekinetic powers. I feel like in that description <laughs> of the movie, it's basically a, a, a spoiler. That's what the yeah. whole film builds yeah, towards. Like, that might as well have said, in the final scene of this. <laughs> in the final scene? I mean, yeah. It builds pretty well towards that final scene now. Um, I feel that tension. Okay, so what have we got? 4.7 on IMDb, 2.4 on Letterboxd. It's got a 24% critic score on Rotten Tomatoes and a 32% audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. This is why we've got you on, Kim, to just fight the corner of this movie based on these <laughs> absolute disgraceful scores. Okay, a couple of choice reviews on Letterboxd. Um, Ivy Walk gives it four stars and she says underrated teen screen to be honest works as a 90s carry fanfic so grunge and so fun uh four stars said that already uh and molly says the men in this make me so violent i hate them i hate them i hate them four stars interesting <laughs> uh robert berlin says a turn of the millennium version of carry is certainly a promising idea utilizing teenage suicide rape culture and the fear of school shootings as tools for an updated take on the story of the outcast puts to their limits but then robert's only given it two and a half stars i feel like he's in his review put some deep meaning it's actually it really, it really examines <laughs> these bits of these bits of culture like citizen kane really examines, i don't know what the fuck citizen kane is about really examples our guy loved his sledge once one star like... <laughs> man in love with sled um okay so do you think those scores are fair, Kim? I guess you don't. Complete disagree. I mean, I think the four star ones are fair. Yeah, I don't oh, yeah. think the, oh. the I don't think the two and a half uh, is fair. Considering, like you said, he picked up on a lot of things. Is what I would say make it really interesting, and then yeah, give it a bad score. So hmm. it's pretty. Uh, I I kind of meant the scores on IMDb and Letterboxd. So I should have said. All oh, right, that, no, and, and not at all, no. I mean, I, yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't know why it gets. But then, I, I mean, I frequently say that I think I have terrible taste in horror films because all the new ones that come out, everyone's like, I love this, and I watch it. I'm like, oh, and then all the ones I really love are like, yeah, you go on Letterbox and it's like one and a half is like the the average, and I'm like five stars. Oh. Um, but yeah, I just, <laughs> I just really, yeah, I just really love this. I think it just gets such a a harsh time i think most people just go oh, it's a terrible compared to carrie um and i don't think you need to directly compare it to carrie carrie is like a masterpiece um obviously but I th so i think any comparison directly to that is going to give it um yeah it's not going to stand up as well but i don't think you need to just because it is a, a sequel it can be its own it's very like halloween 3 like you don't need to compare it to the first one it can just be a good film on its okay, own okay it? the best one halloween 3 <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're in i think you're in a safe space here kim i don't know if you remember a couple of minutes ago when i gave a glowing <laughs> review to chopping <laughs> um 
but yeah, as a, as a first watch, I mean, we'll we'll get into it. There are some things to lightly roast it, perhaps about, but I think this was this was pretty fun. I'm so glad you um you brought it up and suggested Ooh. it because I think <clears throat> I could have accidentally influenced by those fools on, on Letterbox, <laughs> and I thought I don't need to watch Carrie mm-hmm. too. I'll stick to my excruciating Hellraiser sequels. Thank you very much. <laughs> but um, but I'm I'm really glad I watched this. This was a lot of fun. And I know Ben, your wheelhouse because look at that cast. You got some Mina Savari in there. You've got Bob, American Pie alumni, wall to wall. Could have been set yeah. in the same school if I'm honest. <laughs> it really could have been. Yeah. Um, it's pretty impressive actually. The amount of like the, the cast. The cast is great. And yeah, it's got like this a really obviously nineties teen comedy vibe, despite the fact it's obviously a horror movie. Um, but yeah, it kind of reminded me in a way of of I guess I don't know. I was getting kind of like Blair Witch Two vibes, but that was kind of like the 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 sort of group. And then you got like a sort of classic goth as well, which they kind of do in Blair Witch Two. <laughs> it's got one well. character with short dark hair. <laughs> uh, classic Blair Witch Two vibes. What's she listening? What's she listening to? Ah, oh, goth. I also loved um, Chekhov's Shirley Manson, Manson reference. I mean, not yeah. only do the characters in the film love Shirley Manson and think she rocks, but so does that director of photography and the costume designer. Because <laughs> when she activates her mutant powers later, she basically becomes her. Like, oh, it's yeah. me, 90s Shirley Manson. Yeah. <laughs> does she? Does someone say, "Do you like garbage?" At one point as well. Yeah. Said, so, "Oh, what's the what's this garbage? You like garbage? Uh, yeah, Shirley Manson's the greatest. Look at camera yeah. win." <laughs> I enjoyed looking at, look, look at looking at looking at the posters in in the in the bedrooms as well. Um, well the only one I can think of at the moment is is Marilyn Manson. I saw she a had lot. a. She had a whole poster in her locker as well. Yes. Um, again, mm-hmm. beneath the Marilyn Manson one. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Um, and the subject, yeah. So the subject matter is very different to Carrie as well. So of course there are going to be comparisons and there are the flashbacks and obviously there is a connection, a very distinct connection to the first movie as well. But it's very, it deals with a lot of different things in terms of subject matter. Um, there's not so much like of a, a religion and puberty connotation as there was in the original movie um although bullies slash nasty bastards bullies that live in the same town less than a generation after i think they met, <laughs> like, after, like 78 people died in a bullying incident that triggered like a psychic meltdown you would think you would be if you lived in that town even if you yourself didn't know your parents would be like yeah i've been bullying anyone have you yeah <laughs> Because <laughs> don't, because literally every one of my age is dead because of that. I want. Have, have you seen the school? It's still there. It's still there. Rubble. It's rubble. <laughs> that documented school destroyed, and the woman that works in authority as a guidance counselor now, having spent some time in Arkham Asylum, <laughs> she is there working out that news about yeah that that demolished school that's over the road from the from the completed school that we use today. Yeah. Destroyed by like uh, when a little girl went absolutely mewtwo on some <laughs> on some horrible bully. Sue Snell, I love that word. I love that name. Sorry, Sue Snell. <laughs> Who's that? Sue Snell. Oh, you know what she's like. Classic Sue Snell. That's a, it's a proper horrible bully name, isn't it? I know yeah. she's not bullying this movie, yeah. um, but 
I think we mentioned when I'm... we reviewed the original that Sue Snell was a classic. Bearing in mind, Sue, Sue Snell probably had to go like the horrible rapey bullies in this film say about good good defense being a, a strong offense. When your name is Sue Snell, that is so much like Sue Smell, she probably thought, <laughs> I had better be a bully, otherwise I am for it. I'm never going to get out. I'm going to have to be the worst bully ever. I'm going to be such a bastard that a teacher slaps me around the face in gym class. Yeah. But it's not. This is the thing. It's not just bullies in this. The 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 the, the men in it are well, the men slash kids are like there's like toxic masculinity personified. They've got like a horrible like. How would you describe it? I guess that they are like they're they're very coercive and rapey, but they've also got like a sort of league, like a chart. They're getting points for sleeping with various girls as well, and yeah. kind of like using them just for that also uncomfortably interested in each other's sex lives like not only setting each other challenges and scoring them but then making sure they're in the vicinity (laughs) that's happening so they can really overtly be out there and 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 cheer after it's after it's happened and literally write the scores down as they happen like literally these are the teletext boys over here they are straight (laughs) on it they want it they want it right in the books immediately um yeah maybe i've just not had any good friendships growing up then but i've never been that interested in what my friends have been doing in terms of sexual conquests at very least <laughs> i thought just because they're doing <laughs> what i'm doing anyway what did you do on the weekend well i just went to i don't the care <laughs> <laughs> yeah no it's, it's, it's pretty so- horrific but i, but I yeah. guess it's like uh in terms of this is the thing with Carrie, I guess you completely understand that when she does have a meltdown, you're like, yeah, fucking kill everybody. And you kind of feel the same with this movie as well, especially when they all shave their heads and they all look like even more of horrible bunch of meatheads in some sort of weird rapey sex cult. Well, I'll tell you what, they love shaving their heads, don't they? I, I reckon it looks like from what I've seen, they enjoy that head shaving more than the than the sex that any of them have in this. <laughs> it does feel pretty good shaving your head. I was about to say, like, you've, you've shaved your head, Ben. Like, do you get like, do you have to have a soundproof bathroom? <laughs> ah, yeah, come on. The police yeah. come around. Everything all right, sir? We had a commotion. I've just been shaving my head. Oh, terribly sorry. Carry on. <laughs> They've even got a code that they go. It's just a four, four, six, eight, two. <laughs> oh, yeah. Classic head shaving. Natural. Hmm. <laughs> Obviously, Kim, you've written in great detail about the themes of this this movie as mm-hmm. well. Um, where where can our listeners find that if they want to want to find um, your article? It's on Screen Queens, um, and um, yeah, it was kind of a part of a series that they did about um, I can't remember if it was a specific time period or just teen kind of horror in general. Um, but yeah, I think I think it's quite interesting because Carrie, obviously the original Carrie, sort of looks at kind of more the kind of horrible teen girl bullying that a lot of people experience at high school. I think this time around it's quite interesting that they sort of it's this horrible thing that's kind of ingrained I guess in the whole place like Rachel's not like Carrie like she actually has pals and like she speaks to I can't remember his character name in the film but Fitch from American Pie like she speaks to him as well she's got her best friend and things so she's actually like she's she's fine she has people but there's still like this this 
this horrible thing from these guys and it's quite yeah it's quite ingrained in the whole school because the teachers like know about it and like the guidance counselor knows about it it doesn't really become a problem until um lisa kills herself Um, and then when they take it to the police and things like they're just like well you're going to ruin these guys lives like this is stupid you shouldn't be doing this it's everyone's very much aware of it even the other women in the school um the girl that's trying to get with Jesse the whole time. I mean, she's like you said, she literally has sex in his car with him while his pals are cheating him on. And she just like gives him the finger, but then puts her lipstick on and is like, oh, yeah. where are we going out on our next like, day? Like, oh, she... you silly boy. Yeah. <laughs> like, she doesn't give a shit either. She's just, just like, yeah, this is fine. Like, I'm going to be part of this because then I'll get to sleep with the boy I want to sleep with. She doesn't really think about or doesn't seem to think about how they're kind of using her as well as part of it. Mm. And I think it's just a. <clears throat> a different way to look like they sort of took the same story it's still people getting bullied but um Rachel specifically getting bullied because she stands up to them when Lisa mm. kills herself because she's not willing to let this like slide and doesn't want to be part of it and it's only because she fights back um mm. and then like dares to kind of try and infiltrate herself in the group of it by dating Jesse that they take this huge like dislike to her and decide to mercilessly bully her because she's kind of threatening their like standard way of life I guess like they don't she's all mm. she looks like she's been gothy and, and kind of weird for a while and they, they don't really seem to have been standardly bullying her they, they, they decide to pick on her because she like doesn't want to take their hassle yeah. and doesn't want to conform to everything else that they're kind of shoving out there it's one of those things that still feels like really relevant as well because mm-hmm. you know you always read stories about not just in this country but also in the US as well um, about like statutory rape and things like that and a lot there's there's still this kind of attitude as well that when somebody commits a crime like that when they're young or something worse than that for example Mm -hmm. that oh it's going to ruin their life it's going to be you know almost like some people have this like anger they portray towards the victim um simply based on on that sorry i've seen it happen in in court cases like we we have a lot of fun on this show but like these are themes and i'm not sure if this some of the big news stories predate this movie or or postdate it but actual stories where young guys who are particularly young athletes and mm, are noted yeah. to have a thing and not only is it the defense of their lawyers but even in judges saying hey i'm not going to give you a custodial sentence because you're a promising young person who was you know, it's really diminishing what that what that crime actually is and what the experiences the victims are by saying, oh, I don't want to ruin your life by doing these things. Um, I, you know, without going too, too late, mate. Uh, yeah, I, I, I believe in a prison system that has rehabilitation and people can go to prison and then come out and have very productive lives. But I'm not sure I'm quite on board with the fact that you shouldn't lose your opportunity to be, to be a particularly privileged person whose mm-hmm. whose job and qualities that you will have as a role model and the privileges you'll get from that by being a famous sports star should be retained when you do something incredibly fucked like that because young or not uh, unless there are extenuating circumstances that mean you do not understand things like that which are probably limiting factors to your success anyway uh, I don't mind. I don't care that you're young. Like, be better. So um, yeah, and it's a real life, and it's a real life thing. So credit to this film, which is in many ways like an over the top <clears throat> horror film. I think this is what I enjoyed about it that it's a it's a carry sequel, 
um, which could be very easily a throwaway thing, but it isn't. It's a film that has something to say still. Yeah. Um, I think it, 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 in terms of the, the point of view from where, where Rachel's rage comes from, it feels like it is coming from a very different place in this movie than, than Carrie. Would you agree with that, Kim? Yeah, I think so, because um, she she seems a bit more like aware of her powers um, from like when they kind of crop up again. It's like she's kind of been more aware from them when she was a kid and she's maybe kind of been in control of them from now um, from when she was younger until until Lisa um, until Lisa dies. Um, but yeah, I think it definitely it comes obviously from like the loss of her friend and then from just like constantly trying to to do things that she just keeps getting like stopped at every kind of chance to kind of get some justice for her friends and then yeah in the end as well like they just <laughs> they just kind of I guess she I mean she has sex with Jesse and it's it's a nice it's a nice thing and they kind of take that back into their horrible group and twist it and make it a horrible thing mm. again and and it just I think that just makes it even angrier because they've just they just ruin like everything she can't have anything nice so yeah I think yeah. it comes from a very deep place of trying to protect her friend and just probably like all the the women that um these guys have mistreated um mm. along the way as well the fact that like revenge porn comes into it as well mm-hmm. um is something that I think obviously existed i'm sure obviously before before this and afterwards but became really prevalent a long time after um this film kind of came out so it's kind of like ahead of its time the fact that it kind of understands and knows uh like the way i guess that toxic masculinity is going to sort of develop i guess and sort of go to that next level because they almost like push it as far as it can go and then go right we're going to push it even further um to that in terms of like ingrained misogyny in in sort of society and, and especially in the society of like young people, especially when people are developing and find out so many different things about their, their bodies and their feelings and everything. The fact they're so ingrained and generational in a way um, really, I think it's really well represented in, in this film and in the way sort of Rachel deals with it by just fucking everybody up, you know, we're going to go on a limb here and say like, you know, the, the titular rage that we see building in, in Rachel the whole time um, and when you look at the themes of the entire movie with all of these messages and the things that happen in it like I'm going to go on a limb here and say making it a carry sequel is probably the almost unnecessary maybe not from a marketing perspective I think you could have taken out the flashbacks to Carrie and the demolished school and things like that and just had It'd be another story about a kid with psychic powers. We already live in a world where Carrie and Matilda both exist. You could have, um, I think, especially with watching this in a modern sense, you can ignore this as a Carrie sequel. And if anything, it makes it a stronger movie because some of the things that don't make sense can be can be can be set aside. If this is a script just about uh, this character, Rachel's experiences and how her psychic powers come to it um the link to carrie is fairly tenuous right don't we mean has she got the same father as carrie or at least that's the theory mm-hmm. yeah same yeah dad. so essentially like half a half sibling of 
of Carrie. And I guess uh, you could yeah. just credit the credit the filmmaker Kat Shea in 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 this because she's taken something that could be very copy and paste or could be very you know follow a lot of the same themes and build to the same crescendo, which in a way it does. But the fact that she's added so many unique and yeah. and, inter- and interesting talking points as well throughout is uh, is a testament, I think, to this film. Um, okay, in terms of cast, we've got Emily Burgle as Rachel Lang, Jason London as Jesse Ryan. Uh, Jesus Christ, this guy looks like Brendan Fraser. <laughs> I was just like... Is that Brendan Fraser? I mean, it can't be, because this film came out the exact same year as The Mummy, and... He's okay. far older than them. Brendan Fraser is an adult, yeah, at that point. Yeah. Um, and then you've obviously got... I mean, to be fair, these names of the guys playing the jocks sound like dickhead names as well. Dylan Bruno! <laughs> Dylan Bruno. Jesus. Um, he's Mark J. Smith Cameron. Oh, no, wait, that's a woman. That's Barbara Lang. That's the mum. Sorry. Sorry, J. Smith Cameron. <laughs> um, um, Amy Irving is Sue Snell, so reprising her role as a social... That is right. It's the same actress, isn't it? From, from yeah. Carrie. Mm-hmm. Reprising her role as a sole survivor of Carrie's rage in the original film. Now she's a guidance counsellor. She stopped bullying. She stopped it dead that day. <laughs> um, and then there's other jocks and other girlfriends of the of the jocks as well, including, did anybody notice uh, Rachel Blanchard, a.k.a. Nancy from Peep Show? Oh, I didn't. I d- I remembered it as the girl from the Clueless TV show. Yes. Uh, oh my but God, yeah, you're yes. right. She's in Peep Show as well. <laughs> my immediate thoughts were, oh, it's it's her, not Alicia Silverstone. But that's, 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 that's why. Yeah. Um, initially, yeah. Oh my God, the Clueless TV show. I completely forgot that was a thing. Um, but yeah, there. Yeah, not really. And then obviously, I've missed out Mina. Um, What's her name? Savina. Mina Savari. Mina Savari. Which what did I say? Mina Savina. That's someone as well, isn't it? Jesus Christ. That's a very similar name. Um, as Lisa Parker, aka Rachel's best friend. Uh was a tragic, tragic end. Um, yeah, so that's it. In terms Mina of... Savari was one of those people who I expected to become enormous from some of the roles she had, not necessarily just carry to the rage, or well, the rage carry to, but you know, a huge role in Oscar-winning film *American Beauty*, and then maybe she's just in films that I haven't seen. It feels like she, had, she like, got upstaged, burned, burned upstaged very brightly by... and then disappeared. She got upstaged by a carrier bag in *American Beauty*. If you remember <laughs> That's all everybody talks about. Remember that carrier bag? Great. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean there. Yeah, because obviously she was in *American Pie* as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Did she return for any of the sequels? Um, she was in two. And I think she was in the reunion. She was just on the phone in two, though. She wasn't really there. Like, uh, found, her, it, found it in. Her, yeah. Her, sure. um, her boyfriend kept just phoning her because she was like abroad in France or something. Um, I oh, can't remember. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I remember because he did. Yeah. Second one's the best one, I think. Mm-hmm. Love the second one. Um, but still, probably looking at it, going back to those films and looking at them now, there's probably like a lot of kind of similar themes but not presented as sinisterly mm-hmm. as they are in this film yeah like i don't know watching someone through a webcam yeah, the guys have got it. some of the very same ideas they just don't get raged <laughs> they don't get raged no um yeah um okay so this film it starts in 1986 with rachel lang she's placed in foster care 
um her mum so so initially we start to see some um of she's kind of developing some of the powers that she she has yeah. when she's older as well her mom is painting is it blood or some sort of red juice all over the wall while going absolutely beswick um like just going through painting things on the wall um trying to protect her, her daughter she gets carted off to arkham asylum yes really um and the policeman goes you're right do you want me to use your dad about she goes nah says do you want me to take you off to live with the foster family and she legs it in the blood is very quickly dried into lovely nice red paint um and this was a good little shot actually i think when she slams, was like running slams, in all the doors slams some doors behind her yeah yeah um do you like so, the passage yeah. of, do you like the passage of time here where it's like she's got a little puppy and then <laughs> and then she like gets into bed with the puppy and is like oh, and then like uncovers and you're like an adult now you've just got a big dog yeah, yeah you slept for ages god you must have been tired <laughs> it's tiring using your psychic powers when your mom's off to arkham <laughs> so it's 13 13 years later when she wakes up um and then yeah that, we, dog's, a, like... that dog's got a good look hasn't he old old walter He's a superpower dog, that dog, because he gets absolutely demolished by a truck later on. I know. And I... He is. Oh, I had to rem- when we were watching it, I had to remind my boyfriend. I was like, remember, he the dog gets run over, but he doesn't die. He's fine. I was like, he's there at the end. He lives longer than anyone. Like, <laughs> like it's fine. absolutely flattened. <laughs> I'm repositioning this film in my mind that he is the main character. <laughs> it's his rage. Like... The, the rage. <laughs> featuring, featuring featuring Rachel, but mostly the Walter story. Um, yeah, I yeah. love Walter. I have a bullet at the time saying like, this film is getting one star if that dog has been killed. <laughs> if I'd have been if I'd have been Rachel, I'd have raged that town to the ground the second mm-hmm. before Walter before a, a speck of Walter's blood had hit the ground and have crushed that car into a cube like a magneto. <laughs> like a what? Like a magneto. <laughs> Bloody hell. Yeah, it's pretty, pretty horrific. But uh, yeah, luckily the dog's got adamantium bones. Like... <laughs> yeah, a lot of mutants in this thing. It's a really long-lived, indestructible dog. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, we get some of Rachel's life at, at high school. in high school. She's got like foster parents who, what would you foster say? Foster parents. Just foster parents and i feel like the fostering system i would imagine i don't know much about i'm not an auditor of the fostering system in this country or the us but i've never claimed to be but um i feel like films give foster parents a really bad rap because i feel like mostly they're probably nice i reckon they're probably quite yeah. nice people that want to look after get, kids you don't get into the game of being a foster parent if you've got no patience yeah. and <laughs> And if you want to, if you're desperate for the $300 a month and you're also really enforcing really arbitrary rules, like your dog's not allowed in house in the house at night, only in the morning can you let it in through that ramp up to your bedroom window. <laughs> if it's in here in the night, you're going to hear about it, right? And if you use a tone of voice, I'm going to be a bit funny about it. But don't worry, the punishments aren't too harsh. If you stay all night sexing out, I'll give you a slap around the face and slap grounded across for a the week. Chops. Slap across the chops. grounded for just a week. It's quite a long time. Uh, <laughs> but uh, five, uh, when you're a kid, five of those days are school. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> useless. <Sorry. laughs> um, so she attends high school with her. So her friend, Lisa Parker, 
Um, and when they go to school, what conversation do they have on the, in the school on the school bus on the on the way um, to school? She she showed they've got matching tattoos. She's gone. Tell you what, and he went and did some sex last night. And she goes, <laughs> "You buddy rotter, who is it then?" <laughs> she goes, "Oh, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, I'll tell you at lunchtime to preserve the mystery." All right, nice. Um, and they do like a, they touch tattoos. Classic. Yeah, they do like a they do like a finger touch thing, and they um that shows that they have a they have a strong bond. Yeah. Um, and then they nip off to school and discuss Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, and when they're arriving at school is when we're introduced to the... real big fish. Ben. Real big, real real big fish first. That's the first thing. Do you like Scott? No, I hate it. Well, you're gonna have to find another school because <laughs> whenever if you arrive. Might as well step off the school bus and goes, we're going to school. One step. <laughs> everyone, everyone's in check. Everyone is doing the, like, like there's some cheerleaders. Their, their routine is very Power Rangers. Sorry, Kim, go on. Sorry, I was just going to say my favourite trope in, in high school horror films is is them going to like an English lesson and the English lesson being very much about what the plot of the film's about. I just watched all the Halloween <laughs> okay. films um, back to back and then Halloween 1 and H2O and it's maybe like the 2018 one, they're, they're always having an English lesson about fate. Um, I can't remember what the first one's about. H2O is about Frankenstein and okay. it's all about fate. And then Halloween 2018 is the same and I'm like, I'm glad they kept this up throughout the films. But that's my favourite is when they... Um, they do it in so many high school horror films, but yeah, the minute this one came out, it was like, let's talk about Romeo and Juliet. I was like, yes, let's. This is perfect. <laughs> I love this. And, and the main <laughs> character has always got like something really specific to say based on their, their basic experience and exactly what is and happening. And then the character that they may or may not love, their friend or their enemy will always have an opposite opinion. Because mm-hmm. in this one, Rachel's like, <laughs> uh, nah, what that means is that everyone's doomed and I don't believe in love at all. Teacher, one could argue that with the interpretation of English texts, probably isn't necessarily a right or wrong answer. But he's like, eh, wrong, <laughs> Rachel. And then um, the other, the other guy, um, our, I guess, our goody in the piece, he puts his hand up and goes, "Actually, it's dead nice that they're actually dead because that's the only way they can be together." And he's like, "Yes, a star." <laughs> yes, a star. Can I also query how old are Romeo and Juliet? <laughs> like 13 or something like that different yeah, time, it's a different time you could <laughs> different time some sort of weird love story um suicide pact going on they're only 13 yeah, and then well. all the time like you know despite the fact that they're in a high school big enough to support probably hundreds of students all of your main players are in the same class because there's horrible bullies are in there like mm-hmm. yeah. answer the question in class did you <laughs> and so many some of these bullies are absolute meatheads as well so there's no way they're in the same set as, as some, yeah. of them, some of the more intelligent people get practice um, your letters <laughs> yeah and when we're introduced to the jocks obviously we do see that they've got this like sex game tally thing going on where you get different points for you know going all the way with with somebody or just I don't know. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't look at the rules. To be fair, I just saw the fact that they would like. Oh, it'd, up, be, it'd, be, it'd, it'd be more problematic than if you had a encyclopedic knowledge of. You see, <laughs> they base it on challenge. <laughs> it's it's uh, it's it's a very nuanced system that they that they're using here. And if somebody claims to be gay and you could turn them, 
you get <laughs> one billion points or something like that. Oh, that's like the, that's like the golden snitch. Like you've, you've done it. <laughs> it's like instant win. Berkeley rules. Um, yeah. The thing they're, is, like, they're no a lot good. Of this, they are overtly no good. It's ex- it's extreme, but a lot of it is kind of realistic, you know, based on opinions that people still have and still like problematic opinions that people still put across like if somebody this is just an extreme example but i'm still going to put it out there anyway if somebody i don't know comes out as being as being gay um and then but they've been in a previously been in a relationship for example with a male or, or maybe the other way around there are a lot of these weird opinions where people say, "Oh, but you, oh, so you turned her, or you put her off, put them off men so much that they decided to change um, yeah. in terms of their sexual preference." So these things are like real. I'm sure this is like an extreme example, but like in terms of society, these opinions still still do like exist and are probably still like genuinely a problem. And so, reflecting and- on it, reflecting on it, Ben, like think of the time this film came out in 1999. I was. 16 years old in 1999 and can confirm that teenage boys were horrible. I mean, I can take myself off being as horrible as those teenage boys. Pokemon Gold was out that year. I was having a, I was having a banging time. <laughs> Got to catch them all. That's what I was putting points in. I was running but... around pretending to be Eric Cantona with my collar up. Just go... <laughs> Interested in girls? What? I'm, I'm interested, yes, but also terrified. yeah i I certainly didn't have a complex scoring system no yeah yeah so to to be honest if if i did have a scoring system it's like right set like this girl managed to have a managed to like speak to me or acknowledge that i exist yes 50 top of the charts (laughs) (laughs) this girl doesn't hate me yeah Uh, but yeah, I guess it, what it establishes already is that these guys are bad news. But like, it just it's like a real it gives you a real bad feeling from from the word go. And obviously, this is immediately ramped up when Lisa Parker. We just follow her, considering we. I didn't know we was. I didn't. I had no idea this was going to happen. This moment, just wanders up to the roof, <laughs> and uh, and kills herself. Throws herself face first onto a. Onto a car, and there's obviously a guy, some dickhead as well, just like filming loads of stuff around the school as well. And he comes, yeah. comes along and says, immediately goes on. And the only fault of Lisa here is she has gone into the area which is designated only for the garden club, as the signage clearly indicates. <laughs> but we can't blame her for that because she's, she's having a, a shitty time. We don't understand why yet. It's really come out of the blue at this point. Hmm. It's good yeah. that it doesn't like establish it first and then show it because you are kind of like trying to uncover the mystery. Sorry, Kim, what are you going to say there? I was just going to say it kind of shows the hint of it beforehand because when like Lisa and um, Rachel uh, stop yeah. beside the table, she kind of looks over at um, Eric and he kind of smiles at her um, and it seems really like cute and everything. You're like, oh, that's nice. That must be the guy. And then his pals immediately just rip him to bits because they think apparently she's like the ugliest woman that's ever walked the earth. Which <laughs> one isn't is one isn't true, and two, you shouldn't say that about people anyway. But it's just it's. I think it's how quickly because he must immediately decide that like he's not interested in her at all, and he must immediately just go and tell her for her to then just 
go and like yeah. um kill herself that quickly so i think it's it just it, i think it really kind of hammers home the i mean i know i'm not forgiven him at all but the kind of like societal pressure that they'd under as well from this whole group to like conform to the rules of the football club and obviously jesse feels a kind of strong enough to kind of break out of that himself but eric clearly doesn't because the minute he no. gets a hint of like this isn't like <laughs> even though it will add him points to his thing he doesn't want to be involved in it at all he's just like no they don't think she's um cool or hot doesn't so i'm just say gonna... she... doesn't someone say she's fat as well does somebody say that or is it they, they say that about another or... another someone very unobviously uh, fat girl yeah they're just um I mean, they're just the worst to the way that they're commenting um, on women. They're just but... the worst, and it's it's weird with Eric with Eric in this moment because he yeah. sort of, when he looks at her and he kind of looks a bit uncomfortable with it. I kind of feel like okay, so he's one of the characters who's not who's who's a bit uncomfortable with it. But mm-hmm. he's like one of the worst ones. Coming I know, in. yeah, it's really, really strange. With, yeah, you you see a bit later in the movie though the kind of role models they have in some of the parents, and again, it's not excusing, but it does show that generational attitudes that come through yeah and again i would be really interested we can't like i mean i guess there'd be other things we do if we had a time machine go to the lost world colon jurassic park but um (laughs) i'd love to see reactions to this film from 1999 when they came up because obviously people thought very differently then watching now you can see that there's a scene later on with the coach um Mm. he belongs on a list (laughs) it's so bizarre yeah, yeah. <laughs> he belongs on the list. I, I don't think you see our B checks coming back these days. <laughs> and then again, though, really, really, nineteen ninety nine, accurate. We had a uh, we had a PE teacher. I shall not name for legal purposes, even though <laughs> this is alleged. This happened. Who had an affair with a sixth former and then got done for diddling the school out of a load of money. He ran a holiday that um, he ran a holiday that. Um, he overcharged like hundreds of kids' parents for, but then what un- what had him come unstuck in the end was he stole the school bus's tax disc to use in his car. So the tax man brought him down, just like it did DMX, just like it's done all sorts. <laughs> <laughs> like this, is this guy like a career criminal? What's he getting? He's like, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what he's up to now, but he was he was the awful PE teacher that made you have a shower, even though you know, you know. He needs to get fre- didn't have a towel, get, but get in them shares, drip dry. Like, oh, you, drip dry. you're wrong. He needs to get a Nightmare on Elm Street 2 and get his ass whipped <laughs> in the shower to absolute ribbon, rip, whipped to ribbons. I was praying for Freddy Krueger to get that. Like, he's horrible. Like, the, tax, the tax man did it for it, a different type of real life Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's definitely not a natural educator. Um, but yeah, so much, like the, much like the coach in, in this one. Yeah. So after Lisa um, commits suicide, it's quite tragic, obviously, because we see Rachel kind of realizing in real time, like what's happening. She can't quite see who's who's well, you know, everybody's obviously gathering around because something unbelievable has happened. And when she realizes it's Lisa, obviously, it is really, really effective. Um, And then she what does she purpose? Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. 
your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash boast. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Does he do a bit of digging? Or... Oh, yeah, that's right. Lisa asked her to develop these roles of film at the, at the start when they arrived at school. Mm-hmm. So... Had a lovely date with um, with the, the guy that she slept with, right, and has lost her virginity to. Uh, the guy is also aware of this. So they they go to try and get the photos because she works at like a, a drive-through photo development place. <laughs> hey, you want your photos done real quick? Get yourself through the drive through Just wait there. I'm just quickly developing them. Don't worry about it. Yeah, oh, so I think already... Room, wouldn't you? You'd have to have blackout windows on that drive through Switch the lights off. Uh, <laughs> she's doing it at night, though. So she's ah, they do them at night. It's true. So, so the, the, the football players obviously already realised that like someone's killed themselves based on Eric breaking up with her like immediately because he obviously he didn't just break up break it off her in a nice way, did he? he? Clearly, just went, "I want nothing to do with you," whatever. Um, so they clearly realised that it's morally repugnant the stuff they're doing. So they're like, "Well, we got to cover our asses because <laughs> we don't want to be seen." To be res- like responsible for someone committing suicide. Oh yeah, that's nice. That's nice. Not not, not a single one of them. Because should we should we reflect on our behaviour and maybe maybe change? Now nah, we should cover this up. Swift double out. down on the behaviour. If anything, yeah. Um, if anything, be worse. If anything, be worse. Blame the girl who's clearly upset and devastated after the death of her friend. Going through enough. Let's target her as well. I mean, one thing we will say about Rachel though is absolute commitment. She does on the very day of this horrible thing that's happened, does still put in her evening. <laughs> oh, God, yeah. <laughs> a deleted scene where the manager goes, you what? I've got no one to cover it. <laughs> I'm serious in a career about photograph development because this industry is not going anywhere in 1999. <laughs> this is here for the long term. I recommend, if you want to keep your finger on the pulse, you get, you get in here. And she my, uh, my, 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 my friend committed suicide today. Your best friend? Yeah, yeah, my best friend. Not your mum, though, is it? Get to work! Uh, I'm afraid it. I'm afraid I can only offer compassionate leave for a direct family member. Yeah, it's just the way it is. It will be unpaid. Um, so, yeah, she, she, she goes in and is... Actually, to be fair, maybe I'm being unfair. Maybe she wanted to develop the pictures for evidence to find out who it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And some people, like, they deal with... The terrible things happening by just trying to keep things as normal as possible, not interrupting their routine so much. But still, this is a pretty extreme situation. But um, the the footballers come come along and they try the the two techniques that they have in their arsenal. It's like, oh, 
do you want those? Can can we have those photos? I'll give you up to twenty dollars for them. <laughs> she goes, I mean, development's twenty five. No, it's, she goes like, um, I'll give you twenty dollars for them. She goes, oh, they're not your photos, though, are they? He goes, okay, plan B. How about I come and pick you up after work? We can go for a little cruise around in my car. And she goes, oh, I mean, can I go back to the first? Stop? <laughs> <laughs> Sounds absolutely great. <laughs> I'll ride in this car with this man who I quite overtly dislike. Oh, one. I feel like she's the only person that's ever like shown any kind of dislike for them because even even Lisa mm. was like a goth and a, a weirdo as well, and she clearly went out with Eric. I feel like Rachel's the only person that's just like, no, what are you doing? Like, get away from me. And um, obviously, not just terrible timer on their part by the fact that her friends just died and um, she potentially already knows that their friend was involved but just the the like overall like overconfidence of it all that he's just like yeah well this is this will be fine because I'll fix this with my sweet talking <laughs> very very clearly doesn't because yeah he just comes off as like always underlying slightly aggressive I think um that character um he's not very pleasant yeah, Mark I was gonna say I can't remember his name but Mark um yeah Mark Mark the meathead. And then yeah. Mark, the meathead Mark immediately shows his true colours. He like wheel spins. He says something insensitive and then wheel yep. spins off. Does she, um, does she give him the finger? I think she might give him the finger. Yeah, people people are giving the finger left, right and centre. <laughs> Fuck you. Um, and is this when the police come and talk to, to yep. Rachel? Uh, the sheriff well? comes over and goes... Have a bit of a chat with us in case there's some proof. And she goes, Yeah, absolutely. Here's the proof immediately. Does mm. the sensible thing, but actually, we don't see very often in movies. Quite mm-hmm. often. I think yeah. in a lesser movie, she would have had the proof and gone, I'll deal with this myself. It's a real or she, or, situation where the police gone... would go, Nah, I don't want to hear it. Not interested in all this proof. Yeah. Either that would have happened, or she would have like kept the proof because she wanted to fit in with them, which yeah. would have been. Another kind of a bit of a cliched storyline to go down. I like that it just gives it to the authority figures straight away. And at this point, I'd have been this is where, up until this point, I think I've been like, how is this carried to apart from the fact she has psychic powers? And this is where we see old Sue Snell again. Sue Snell. (laughs) Like the, the sheriff's talking to Sue Snell and goes, hey, don't go thinking that this is like a, a real carry. <laughs> she's like i'm not yeah that, that famous incident where that girl went psychic and literally exploded about 78 <laughs> kids in a school within living memory but none of us talk about it even though you the sole survivor still lives in this town <laughs> no i wasn't going to bring it up stop asking she has Would been you? to she has been to arkham as well though she spent some time there as a patient herself does that so? Did she did she say that she knew Rachel's mum, or did she just it, that, that was just a coincidence that she'd also spent time? I don't think she knew her. Or I guess now she works with the services, so maybe she does know because she's the counselor at the school that her mom is in Arkham, and she's taken uh, okay. because she spent some time there okay. as well. Because being grabbed by the ghost of by the ghost of Carrie from that rubble sent a temporarily insane, I mm. imagine. Yeah, just temporarily. Um, so Sue Snell, she does mention that um, she's received a few complaints, or, or no, she's received a few. Um, she understands that some of the girls in the school are upset, but they won't like elaborate on 
why why they're but Rachel's actually bringing it forward they actually have something concrete they can work mm-hmm. on this time yeah um <clears throat> so essentially they're like they realize that there's this this game going on between the football football players but because Eric was 18 and Lisa was 16 is that correct yeah they say that they could pursue um statutory rape charges against Eric um which again what's quite refreshing about this is that the sheriff is like yeah let's do it Let's let's pursue this. It's not him who seems to be the one throwing cold water on it. Yeah, he's uh, like, isn't even like it goes right to the top. He doesn't even mention the DA later on. As I'm only facing the DA on this one, um, yeah. like when when Eric's being pulled up on charges. Fucking Eric! Oh my god, I've not, I'm not here. <laughs> There's a moment with Eric, not quite yet, but I was just like, just be, just knock him out. What famous That's... knuckle duster owner, Eric? Yeah. <laughs> what are you gonna do? I'm... I was gonna, I was gonna batter this innocent girl. What? So wh- why? Because, because I raped her friend, and now now her friends committed suicide. What's well, so now you're gonna beat her up? What's wrong? With you? Feel like, feel, are you a fucking psychopath? Feel like <laughs> Eric and the Edmark have got like a like a flow chart. It's like okay, try and obtain evidence, but via money, no. Flattery, no. Let's intimidate, and then if not, incriminate ourselves further. <laughs> I visibly beat this woman with these knuckle dusters that I happen to have on me. Like if 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 Eric was an action figure, that'd be the thing. He'd have. <laughs> well, I yeah. think we'd have two different heads. He'd have hair, Eric, and no hair, Eric. <laughs> shave his head. Did he have a broken arm? What happened to his hand? I can't remember. Um, he'd have a yeah. He'd have, oh, no. he'd have two sore hands. fingers. Yeah, red sore <laughs> fingers and knuckle duster fingers. <laughs> they, be his. Those would be his accessories. And then backwards hat. He has got a backwards hat towards the end. And does he de- oh wait, and detachable. <laughs> You'd have like a little pull cord, which just rip him off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Never has a man on film more deserved to have his dick ripped off than Eric. Like it's 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 beautiful, um, poetic justice. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I do think it's interesting how the police and everyone are quite um, on side. It's just the whole sort of lack of. Mm. Um, quite understandably, because these football guys apparently make up like half the school. This this um, yeah, inability to come forward and actually kind of name them because of people are terrified. And I guess um, Rachel's kind of getting to the point where she feels like she has nothing to lose. Um, but yeah, it's quite interesting that it's it's the the school are quite behind pursuing it. The police are ready for pursuing it. It's more like a sort of cultural toxic masculinity thing that's ingrained in the the men like you said the men of a generation who definitely should know better because probably the rest of their class burned to death in (laughs) the gym hall um so um yeah it's quite i think it's a a quite realistic look at it of it saying that there's Mm. like yeah it's it's a, a generational thing and just sort of this um this like um this side of town when it's all the very prosperous families that are well known and all the popular yeah. kids and stuff like trying to attack them um, and bring them down for stuff that they're doing that's bad but very well publicised like you said like he doesn't care that he was going to beat her up with a, the knuckle duster because he clearly thought he was just going to get away with that yeah. as well which is um, yeah, slightly <laughs> terrifying these people think they're like above the law I guess because yeah how would how would Rachel um, tackle them if she didn't like have psychic powers like she just she has to leash that at the end because that's like her kind of 
last resort, I guess. That's her defense. And thinking, yeah, as well, we know it's endemic for these people as knuckle duster owners. Note <laughs> that all of them have four letter names. The big bad is perfect <laughs> for if you had knuckle dusters and didn't want to face the consequences. Eric, Mark, <laughs> <laughs> they're, they're, they're out there. Um, don't they say some some bollocks later, like that their the families are powerful and that they've almost got like political influence as well? Yeah, like you see um, the dad talking to one of the sheriff things. Mm-hmm. I think this isn't there a conversation later on where Eric's almost rolling over and he said, "Oh, it's it's also these guys." He, he brings in some of the others. He, yeah. he 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 is he's squealing. He's like he's he's feeling the pressure from the police and he names other friends. And I think they say that's some of the most influential families in the town and the sheriff still doesn't seem to be keen on letting this go they're coming yeah which i guess all leads to them to escalate their plan i'm not sure if it's already happened but we have the point where meathead mark looks like he's having a bit of a a wavering before he doubles down he has that encounter with the coach who's like right pull your shorts down and your pants and it's like uh um I need an adult, but unfortunately, <laughs> the coach is an adult, um, and he makes him do it, and then goes, "Ah, wondered like you know you might have had a tampon in or something." Like that. I was like, "That's not how this I can tell you the coach, not the science teacher, mate. That's not how it works." But um, <laughs> but, um but yeah, it, yeah. it shows these things, and then I think at that point, this is when, like, I guess it's meant as a way to kind of make. The, the baddies, the jocks are more to show that there's an influence behind that, but doesn't make them any nicer. Mm. They, double, they double down on that behavior with the exception of our one character who's already started distancing hey, himself. Jesse Ryan, another very jock-like name, but um, we start to, the relationship between him and Rachel starts to blossom and initially what happens is um, the Basset Hound. What's the dog called? Walter, Walter. hit by a car on the road. Who 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 knocks the car the dog over? Not the car. It's just Some... a random, a random like hillbilly looking guy at a truck who's not paid attention. You know, trying to eat a hamburger off the floor or something, <laughs> and still, like, reaching for something in his in his lap rather than noticing see, like, a very Walter, large, like, literally... slow dog walking towards him. <laughs> see Walter like roll underneath the car, like it's pretty horrific. <laughs> Like to the point where you're just like, oh my god, the dog's dead. Like there's no nothing to suggest the dog wouldn't be dead, but the dog's no. a bit like, bloody hell. <laughs> the car literally explodes off screen. <laughs> Adamantium. So they yeah. take so obviously Jesse gets out of his car, helps Rachel, takes them to like, the road, He's driving bed. he's driving directly at her as if he hasn't noticed. It must be a terrible blind spot. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Guess what he capsizes in. <laughs> But um, <laughs> but he's driving straight at her, and she uses her psychic powers. I imagine accidentally to crack his windscreen. He goes, "Bloomingella, crack windscreen, stop!" Oh, hello, you're right. <laughs> he didn't know it so before. Auto glass repair, auto glass <laughs> replace. Yeah, that's where they go. So they go, they go to the vets, and I'm on, I'm on the edge here. Can you put me through a a real? Limo? <laughs> I was like, if Walter is dead, honestly unnecessary rude one step mm-hmm. um but the filmmakers do the right thing here where the vet proper a team style comes out and says <laughs> he's had a hard time but he's gonna be fine not even <laughs> not even it's gonna be touch and go for a while not even we'll do a we can <laughs> no. it's 
yeah, he's actually going to be all right. You can't see him now. He's very tired having had surgery. <laughs> um, he ain't got a scratch on him. Yeah, but he'll be probably be fine tomorrow. Pick him up. Um, we'll put so, a cone of shame on him. Yeah, <laughs> don't, want him don't want him licking it, but it's uh, but it'll be all right. Um, so, so they, obviously, that... I, I guess this kind of like begins the connection between Rachel and 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 Jesse. Um, so there is like another cheerleader. Uh, so another character, sorry, cheerleader Tracy, who's like pursuing him, and she's like, as you mentioned previously, Kim, like she's kind of indulging herself and involving herself with this game and as well, and she's just as toxic as as the blokes. You see, her, you see her watching him talk to Rachel several times, going, what "Fuck's he doing? <laughs> What's he talking to her for? Jesus, talking to her." I mean, again, that. That confidence, that confidence, it goes like again, maybe in a modern society, even if you did feel that there was these hierarchies in school, it'd be like, oh no, talking to someone I consider below me, excuse me, while I spiral into sort of some existential crisis, maybe I'm not, maybe everyone hates me, maybe, that, but no, Tracy, supremely confident, is like, hey, I, I've been rejected for someone I feel worse. The problem, no, the children are the ones that are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I think um I think Jesse in this film is sort of like the the updated version of Sue Snell from the first one, but I think they do it a little bit better because I think Sue sort of gets caught bullying and being horrible and then decides to try and like rectify the situation by letting her boyfriend go to prom with Carrie. Um, whereas I think Jesse, you can see he's very like not involved in this whole process like right from the start and even when he he has sex with tracy in the car like he just looks like he doesn't want to be part of it like i don't think on his list as well he had that many i think there was only like one other person tracy and then rachel like it doesn't it looked like he just been very like peer pressured into it and i guess the very like cringy chat he has with rachel about liking uh, garbage and shirley manson it's sort of this um glimmer i guess that he does have more like personality underneath and he's i think he sort of like sees rachel as his way to like kind of get out of that side of the school that he's kind of been stuck into a little bit because she seems to like genuinely like him um and she doesn't do that pre-judgy thing i mean she kind of does a little bit later because it gets implied that he's been involved in it a lot more than he has um but she doesn't really do that pre-judgy thing of like you're a football player and um, so you're automatically a douchebag like she spends time with them and she's like no actually you're a nice person so she's kind of doing the opposite of what i guess they're doing to her they're just looking at her and going she's a bit gothy so we don't like her um but i think his his journey is a bit more interesting and it kind of allows him to even like decide not to shave his head and things like would he have done that previously Mm. i think he's sort of getting finding it easier to kind of take a step back from that kind of jock culture that he's obviously just found himself stuck in because he plays football and is trying to get a football scholarship and things it doesn't seem like that's actually like part of his life goals to to be that kind of person whereas with everyone else it definitely does Mm. It's interesting position as well that you mentioned when they play the game. Perhaps it's only Tracy that's on his on his list. Mm-hmm. Again, if you look at positioning him as the more heroic character, we've established in those scenes that Tracy is almost more of a a willing participant. She mm-hmm. seems aware of the game, and it's something that she at least overtly doesn't have a 
problem with. So yeah. with setting up as a character, there seems are like no she wants victims. to be involved. There are mm-hmm. no victims behind behind him, so it's okay that we can. So oh, this mm. is a, an all right guy, and as we learn in moments' time, bloody love Shirley Manson. She thinks that she's the best. <laughs> the only way I could love you more, Rachel, um, and I don't love you just yet, but it's only about ten minutes away. Um, the only <laughs> way I could possibly love you more is if you're more like Shirley Manson, my ideal. And she goes, well, I'm not sure that's going to happen. We'll have to wait and see. Um, <laughs> and, then, and then, and then, and then on we go. He does channel a little bit. Maybe this is his. This is his moment. He does channel a little bit of um, our mate, the original recipe Wolfman, later on. Because the next day he goes, "Do you want to come on a date with us?" And she goes, "Nah, probably not a good idea." So I'll tell you what. I'm just going to stand in the way. And say, yeah. <laughs> like, All right, Lon Chaney Jr. I'm going to. <laughs> I'm just going to stand in the way until that. Oh, well, great! I'm convinced. Yeah. <laughs> call this bluff, so you'll have to go to class eventually. Cross your arms. Wait. <laughs> Was this? I don't know if we fully des- described the moment, obviously, where Eric and Mark went to try and silence Rachel into to try and silence her by harassing her when she was at her home by like ringing ringing her up trying to trying that. to do trying oh. to do prank trying to do prank calls in a pre-screen world yeah. <laughs> donald, <laughs> donald duck impression fucking grow up i got that it's like, it's like he says you know who this voice is and he does donald duck he'd be like got him <laughs> that's him officer that's <laughs> him the duck with no trousers on and then there's like donald duck going I'm in the Navy. I was away at the time. There was no way. And it's like, going to do the voice then. No, I, can't. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do a Donald Duck voice, unfortunately. That is a skill I do not have. You just say, I'm in the Navy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in the Navy and I've got anger issues. Clearly PTSD. <laughs> yeah, really. And also, bearing in mind that Huey, Dewey and Louie both have an Uncle Donald and they have an Uncle Scrooge. Do they have parents that we never meet? That's a story for another time. Don't don't waste time on it now. We'll be too many. <laughs> uh, it's a good question. But it is a story there is there is there, there is a third duck sibling that we that as far as to my knowledge we have never seen locked up in Arkham. Yeah, <laughs> like... that's really yeah we, we don't know that they don't have the same voice as Donald Duck. Maybe that's what the parent went to prison for. Ducktail, like the unnamed, <laughs> the unnamed relative, has been sent to prison for making threatening phone calls to a girl that turned out to be psychic. <laughs> Locked away. So, what what does she, what does she do with her psychic? Oh yeah, she so she slams the window on Eric's fingers, um, which you know he thoroughly deserved, and he kind of makes a meal of. To be fair, yeah, the brass knuckles the brass knuckles only protect your fingers when you're punching things. They are not <laughs> rated for window frames. No window, no. Oh yeah, they throw like a brick through the through the window as well. Yeah, it's all pretty horrific. Um, and after after this scene, I think it's when Sue Snell starts to suspect as a mouthful that rachel may possess telekinetic powers like they have the counseling sessions and that's when she explodes uh explodes explodes a snow globe explodes just a likes snow it globe. just like citizen kane I'm just a coincidence I know, what I, I, know what, <laughs> I know what happened to that snow globe oh yeah oh it's just a coincidence it exploded like that just it would have if we weren't there it would have happened anyway oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> the tree yeah. falls in the woods. Sue <laughs> Snell goes, I'm going to get right on this. She's on to Anne Robinson on Watchdog again. <laughs> uh, exploding snow globes. 
Kids are getting shards of glass directly into their eyes. The range of exploding snow globes are doing. No, it was Rachel. The Snow Globe Corporation are going. Um, we're like, how can you rule out that some of the people in vicinity of these snow globes <laughs> are not psychic and stressed at the time? A likely story. <laughs> Dominic Littlewood's there. What have we got to say about it? No, <laughs> this happens in the same town as Carrie White when she turned the school to rubble. Dominic Littlewood, what time? Um, so. Sue Snell goes above and beyond her job role, um, tracking down Rachel's institu- institutionalized mother. Um, oh, there's <laughs> I know this isn't, yeah, but the, the blue tack on the gate <laughs> was it blue tack? Was it like gum? I can't remember. Yeah, I think it's, I think it's like bubble gum. <laughs> nah, it's just, it's like an Ocean's Eleven type heist slash escape. Like, and then I just put the bubble gum on the lock, yeah. Bernie Mac. Just in case I need to like take you out on day release later on. And there's a bit, she goes in and she's talking to me, and for a, for a second there's that man that's standing very close and I was like they haven't acknowledged you there. Is this like an episode of Quantum Leap? Is this like Al? <laughs> and it's like, it's like Sam, you gotta get the woman out of the mental institution. It's the only way. <laughs> People say that Rachel's gonna get the rage at the party tonight on Saturday. It's like... Ziggy says you gotta do it. And it's like no, <laughs> it, it is just um she pushes, she pushes the <laughs> away, and the 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 staff at this at Arkham obviously they've got they've got some pretty big hitters in there. They're obviously putting all their attention into the Joker and the Riddler and Mister Freeze and Poison Ivy and all that. The general population who are just mentally ill people are just wandering about left to police themselves, um, mm. and she kind of says. Oh, uh, it's a recessive gene, actually. Um, she's probably got the same dad as as Carrie, as, as Carrie White. This dad has got a type, hasn't he? Mentally unstable <laughs> religious people. <laughs> yeah, maybe he was involved in some sort of weird game years and years ago. Similar sort of game. <laughs> this is an MCU sorry, thing. If this is an MCU thing, there would just be that little sting of that X Men theme in the background. Now. <laughs> <laughs> it's a recessive gene. <laughs> and the internet would be going mad. <laughs> the internet goes wild. So yeah, they basically make the they work out that Rachel's dad was a guy called Ralph White, who was the father of Carrie White. Um, he's been slinging himself about, um, making psychic kids all over the shop, making psychic kids all over the shop. And then Sue Snell's like, right, I'm gonna have to tell Rachel this. I'll take her to the site where. Telekinetic Carrie's telekinetic rage destroyed the school two years ago. Uh, two years ago, twenty years ago. Should we? Should we like demolish it, build something else here? I reckon we should just leave it here as a reminder. Not even a, not even a park in memory of all those people that got crushed and burned and stabbed and and collapsed buildings <laughs> on. Nah. To be honest, just that'll just it. help people remember. I would rather leave this ruin here that I hope no one will ever question and it will fade from memory. Um. Yeah, so basically yeah. says, I know what you've got. You've got the powers. You've got the rage. Um, you've got the rage. You've got the rage cage. Um, <laughs> she goes, read this book. It's Matilda. Nicer ending. She's <laughs> a <laughs> character. I like this one. She's like, no, you've got to watch out. Sue Snell could be your Miss Honey, but she doesn't fully go into the role. Um, yeah, then we get kind of go back to the to the sort of stuff with the boys getting charges pressed against them by the school the district attorney is the person who turns up at this meeting and essentially 
That is a district attorney, isn't it? Like, covers it up. Or doesn't cover it up, but tries to just brush over it and try and make out that... Um, Don't want to deal with nothing. the paperwork, the DA. Yeah. yeah, but basically saying the player, players' families have got political influence. And, it's an ele- and doesn't this, oh, even, even the sheriff says there's an election coming up. Yeah, district attorneys and sheriffs are both elected officials, aren't they? Wow. Okay, so... Um, pretty sure. Yeah, so they they haven't got the appetite to go after these influential families, so they they at the cusp of getting over. It, Rachel's kind of in their sights now, so they've started putting together a plan to get because they're losing control of uh Matey, the man that's still got hair. I've forgotten his name because it's not a full letter name. <laughs> Jesse, Jesse, too many. He couldn't have knuckle dusters, could he? Their their plan to like kind of integrate Rachel into it is pretty convincing though. So the point where I was a bit like. Is this a plan to just like humiliate her, or are they it's genuinely like, attempting? Should we, should we become her friends? That sounds nice, actually. Why don't we become a force for good for a change? Especially no. with like the character played by Rachel Blanchard, Nancy from Peep Show, um, because I guess because I don't think that she kind of looks the way that like nineties teen movies and nineties horror movies portray anyone who wears glasses. We're we're talking about like the she's all that moment of takes her glasses off, lets her hair down. Bloody hell, she's all right, you know? That sort of shit. Um, It's weird because she kind of appears, I guess, as the way a lot of this film leans into cliches like that. She appears in a way that she would be an outsider herself. And the fact that she's like one of the head evil bitches. One of the head head bullies, I remember. It was a bit confusing to the point where I kept thinking like, I'm like, is, are her glasses just giving me a false sense of... He's all right, she? Many ways, those are the false glasses. And as soon as those, that's like, I hope someone explodes those glasses. In the face. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't worry. Exactly. Um, but yeah, she meets... Um, so Rachel is at the at the Selfridges and an uppity shop assistant is like, oh, can I give you help with something? Because she, she's bungling it, to be honest. Like she's not only does she look like she has an experience with makeup for this date that's coming up, <laughs> and she has had a date with um with Jesse already, hasn't they? Had a lovely time in the rain. Says actually, don't fancy car sex. Can we do this another time? Um, and he's like, yeah, I'm alright. I'm a goodie. In fact, so um so no no pressure. We'll go on a nice date. And she's she's getting ready. And not only has she not used makeup before, but she's apparently never operated a hinge. Because she goes to open this box of makeup and just like splatters it all. <laughs> on. Excuse me, can I help you? No, I'm just having a look. <laughs> I'm just absolutely wrecking it. Um, and then not Alicia Silverstone comes along with a fooliness with her glasses and says, oh, "I'm a goodie, actually. Let me put some. Let me put some lipstick on you." And she's like. She was really cautious. Like, you know, she might like accidentally like write dickhead on her head really quickly <laughs> or something like that. She's like, all right, then. And she puts it on nicely. <laughs> and she puts it on her nicely and then goes, that looks really nice, actually. Do you want to buy it? And old Mrs. Slocum goes, oh, 30 bucks. Like 33 quid. And she's like, uh, maybe next time. Peace out. And they're off. Uh, but she's got lipstick now. So what would I buy it for? I'll see you tomorrow. Let's go to Claire's accessories instead. Get decked out. <laughs> get, 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 get her ears pierced by a teenager. Get her, no, they only, t- they only pierce babies' ears. That's, that's how it works. Oh, <laughs> how old are you? You can only pierce the ears of someone 10 or years more younger than you are. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> Them's the rules. Um, 
Yeah, so I guess like the way they build towards this like final scene, I guess it's pretty effective to the point where it's a really like the long game, isn't it? They're they're trying to like get to get to Rachel or, or kind of like take her out of the equation. Um, yeah. But it seems like obviously they're trying to do it because of her involvement in trying to get a player sent down, but also they're trying to do it because she's kind of taking someone who's in the inner circle, Jesse, out of the inner circle in a way. Yeah. So they're just trying to. And he's even more in the inner circle now because he scores the winning touchdown of the big game Mm. against, like, baddie football team. The Devils. The Devils. Of course they're the baddies. The Devils versus the the, the dogs. load of bold sex offenders. Bloody dogs, aren't they? Blooming dogs. Right pack of dogs. Woof, woof, woof. That's what they'd understand. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny you saying that they're playing the long game because I'm entirely sure this whole movie takes over the place of a week. Because at the start, the very start of the film, they're all hyped up for uh, Mark's party on the Friday, which is the party for the finale. So I'm entirely oh, sure okay. it maybe runs Monday to Friday at most, by the sounds of it. But um, which is hilarious because so much happens. So much that happens, week. yeah. But you think... commit suicide, then you fall in love with somebody. <laughs> yeah, heavy week. All... Yeah, but I think I think um, again they're sort of taking the stuff from the first film because Carrie sort of believes that. Um, Tommy like really likes her when she's at the prom and stuff and they just sort of ramp it up um, to even worse because um, I don't ever think Tommy really gave her that impression in the first film because obviously he was still good with Sue and that was all very clear and it was just kind of carries I guess a bit of naiveness but with this one it's very like here's some friends like you've just lost your friend here's some other like female friends be friends with your boyfriend's friends like how nice would that be if we were all just a big group like they sort of force that idea on her and just when she gets like comfortable with it they like rip it away so they're not like intent on just like punishing her for like telling on them basically they they're trying to like make her life as miserable as possible like give her a sort of a Mm. glimpse of like a bit of happiness and try and be like we're not that bad like it was just a a mistake and then they just like turn it around so quickly and you're right the the girl with the glasses like she is her boyfriend's one of the food like that he's her actual boyfriend and he still seems to be a part of the game and she's still participating in the bullion like i just don't understand the structure of the the girls at all he's one of the He's one of the ones like at the end, like screaming in Rachel's face and stuff. He is in the book, but they're meant to have been going out for a while. So it's a mm. whole other layer on top of like how Tracy is. It, it feels like even stranger that she would be. So I guess it's just that whole thing of like, yes, I'm a woman, but this doesn't affect me directly. So I'm not. It's very like quite feminism. <laughs> just like I'm going to do it my way, but like doesn't matter about how other women are affected. And I feel like that's pretty much it. Like her and Tracy are sort of outside of that. Um, like you said, Tracy's part of it quite consensually. Um, but I don't think any other any other girl has been part of it in that fashion. They're not um, kind mm. of privy to the knowledge that this game is going on. Um, so yeah, it's very, it's like, I mean, everything they do is horrible, but it just seems extra brutal, like sort of forcing her into feeling comfortable with them to then double rip it away. Um, and trying to take yeah. away something that is actually out of their control and good, right? Because her relationship with Jesse is genuine. And I guess mm-hmm. yeah, around this point, as the party is building up, it's before the big game. Um, they do get together for another date. And, you know, she's she's thought about, does she want to have sex with Jesse? And there's kind of a hesitation where she goes, mm, actually, no. And he goes, oh, it's all right. You know, he has the opportunity to do another film cliche of, 
have that turn by becoming like a horrible like pushy jerk but actually he goes um no like we'll we'll do this when you're ready but of course film's got a runtime to keep to that that is sufficient for it to actually that is that is enough in this uh, in this circumstance to understand that i am ready let's move the plot along let's get to the finale and they they do have sex and it's it's without jesse's knowledge that old joe video camera that's been at various points of the movie is outside yeah and it was horrible because you knew that like when this came to when this came out, you knew that Rachel was going to believe that Jesse was in it, in on it, and that yeah. I just I hate stuff like that where you're just like, oh no, there's going to be a horrible. There's going to be a horrible conversation as soon as that's happening. You know, it's all going to come out. You'd probably, I don't know, maybe you guys feel differently. I'd probably rather have a big old bucket of pig's blood fall on me. Probably, mm. probably less worse. Mm. Yeah. yeah, definitely. So um, obviously, we, we get the football game, which you already explained, and that's when. Rachel, who, who obviously she does get grounded, but she's like, "Fuck this! I'm I'm off to the game. See you in a bit." Only for a week, so it's all right. Only for a week, and then she, but she, when she gets to the game, she like waltzes onto the field as well, doesn't she? Like, <laughs> takes it one step too far. It's like just stay in the crowd and cheer. Now I'm gonna get straight onto the field, just like yeah. Olivia Newton John at the end. She's coming out <laughs> with the leather trousers on. Um, yeah, she's got and she's having a, a grand old time and using the power of being the only player with hair anymore. Jesse is able to win the big game. And actually, those idiots that want to be spotted by want to be because they're all on about, oh, there's going to be load of scouts there. To, yeah. let's, let's do our best to all look. Yeah, on let's all, yeah, let's all do our best to look absolutely fucking identical. Oh, yeah. <laughs> who, who was the one you were most impressed by? The bold one, the bold meathead one. That boldy, boldy locks, boldy locks, and the free hairs. That guy, bald, bald, bald white guy, blonde, sort of blonde stubble, like uh, blue eyes, oh, all white as well. Yeah, that's that's interesting as well, isn't it? Yeah. Hmm. Um. Hmm. So, so Jesse saves the day. A, co- uh, a scout comes along and says, "Actually, I'd love to have a chat with you." He very innocently says to someone who he assumes is his friend, despite the fact he's been a dickhead several times in the movie, oh, well, he's quick to forgive his Jesse. And he <laughs> says, oh, tell tell Rachel I'll be along in just a minute, won't you? He goes, of course I will. And he goes outside and says, oh, Jesse says to go immediately to that party without waiting, actually. Um, of course I will. It's Friday, and on Wednesday, I was outside your house <laughs> trying to scare the shit out of you. Um, I was well up for smashing your face in with, with knuckle dusters. It's Friday, and you know, water under the bridge. <laughs> water under the bridge. It's a long time at high school. It's a long time. <laughs> uh, they, they reminisce, oh, remember that English class? Oh. <laughs> that was crazy. Old, old, so, old, old, old. old shipwreck up and said that love was 15 <laughs> seconds of squelching noises yeah, oh, yeah we, didn't even, we didn't even mention shipwreck he's just he only gets a couple of scenes there really didn't he yeah he's an odd one though because he says bizarre like they position him in that bit as like a class clown but then the guys don't like him and he's not allowed into the party yeah he gets egged by those bloody devils <laughs> oh yeah he does he's like why did I have nothing to do with it why did it get me he gets egged uh, like an unpopular king. Topical. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah. Uh, and so what happens is after the game is when Tracy, like, goes... So obviously they've planned to make Jesse's car, like, they basically did Alan Partridge thing where they spray paint on it. 
yeah. hot piss partridge on the <laughs> on the side, on the side and, slash, and slash his tires as well. And all of his tires, gets... all four of them, not just one, all four of them. Like yeah. that's how it gets someone to go out with you is to decimate their car. I could sort out, I could write cook pass Babtridge on it. No, no, no I can't. <laughs> it's, it's beyond, it's beyond help. Immediately frames those devils. That's like really leaning into a labeling theory there. She goes, there's bloody devils did it. She writes another thing pretty much like Jesse, more like bloody Jess Wee. That's your name. <laughs> she's got, she's got from, like the kind from, of spray paint from, in her from hands. The de- from the devils. Yeah, she's literally just finished. Uh, <laughs> is that, is that a bit of spray paint on your hands? I was trying to wipe it off. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you do yeah. this? I, I recognise your handwriting, actually, on, on the car. <laughs> no, 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 nothing to do with me. Cool, you don't have stink of CFC. <laughs> I imagine we're still in. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I'm uh, just... <laughs> Would you believe that I am Banksy? Well, no one knows who he is, so I assume so. <laughs> don't worry, a secret's safe for me. We won't talk about it. She goes, oh, do you want me to give you a lift to the... um? Do you want to give us the lift to the party? And and Tracy's there to delay him. So she drives off, casually puts a can of like fresh Prince of Bel Air grade like spray paint, <laughs> rattles around the waste paper basket as she's as she's going away. Um and she takes him back to his house, uh, to her house rather. She's oh no, delays him a little bit, but I've just got to get ready for this party. I'm gonna wear this dress. Do you think? And he's like, not interested because he wants to go and see his actual girlfriend who he loves, who he said on video that he loves, Rachel. Um, day two of their relationship. Uh, he... I only spoke to you two days ago, but I've got to admit, I'm in love with you. <laughs> yeah, so so that's that's that. It's, a, it's an emotional time. So Tracy goes, what do you think about this dress? And he goes, no, it's 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 fine. Polite, polite, non That's the worst dress ever. Like, even 1999 party dress, that is not. That looks like something like i don't know a mum would wear in the 80s like this full high neck like lilac number that goes right down to like her ankles and she's like what do you think and he's like yeah it's like it's four yeah (laughs) fits no he's like no he's like no no you're 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 fine i guess can we bloody go and then she's like time to dial this up to 11 and she's like what about if i would that is a bit much isn't it what if i were to go this wise and like takes (laughs) Takes the takes the dress off and runs. I said, "No, nah, I, I, my my non-committal on that one wasn't. So you would take <laughs> off it's because I really do want to get to this party. Actually, um, yeah. can we just can we can we move this along ever so slightly? Um, yeah. I mean, Tracy's a Tracy's a wrong one, but you could argue maybe she's got a bit of an impression that something's going on between them because they did have sex in that car on Tuesday." <laughs> it's a real, it's a real yeah. Craig David situation here. <laughs> it sure is. Um, um, at the at the party, like Rachel is essentially being treated as like the guest of honor. Um, she arrives. Everyone's picking her up and spinning her around. <laughs> I'd be like, I'd be like, leave me alone for God's yeah. sake! Like, I'm not, I'm not a fan of this. You were intimidating me two days ago. And now you're spinning me around like. Uh, we're on Strictly Come Dancing or something. What's going yeah, on? I have a lovely dance, and even even me, Ed Mark comes over and says, "Oh, ever so sorry. We were just joking that time we bricked your house two days ago." It was just a laugh, all right. It was just a laugh, a classic laugh. And he, oh yeah, yeah. Um, uh, yeah. But while they're while they're doing this, they're getting 
it all set up to for the ultimate horrible humiliation, which is they're going to play the sex tape of Jesse and Rachel on on the big on the jumbotron. On, on the jumbotron. On all the weird multiple... weird mirror screen thing where they just flip it and it all. I, like, I don't know what that technology I, I you, was. I, was I, I tell you what, nineteen ninety nine, a big jumbo screen. <laughs> I bet that I bet that goes twenty foot into the wall. I bet that. Is the <laughs> <laughs> I bet that go. I bet that goes miles into the wall. So why is this end of your house really thick? Oh, uh, <laughs> back, back of a TV. And I tell you what, talk about real life horrors. I don't want to see the number of SCART cables there are around there. Those oh, Jesus, they got they got composite wires. They got the SCARTs out there. So oh, is, is it black and white? I haven't got audio. Make sure the yellow one's in the right one. It's too reflective as well. There's mirror. You <laughs> know, like in the AV two. Oh. It's... <laughs> You know the moment when you're watching Netflix and then it just switches off and it's just a black screen and you see yourself sat there like that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> sat there with like popcorn rested on your stomach and you haven't moved for hours. Yeah. <laughs> it, gives you, it gives you that like, are you still watching black screen just to depress you further? Well, yeah. Now I'm definitely not leaving the house. Continue. But just imagine like the reflection from that. It's, it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, so they start playing that and, you know... It does feel like unnecessarily like I know these these guys are bastards and you know that they're obviously going to do something horrible to Rachel, but it does feel really, really unnecessarily bad, like just re- really badly, um, th- th- just unnecessary, like vile and repugnant and just really, really mean, despite the fact we know what they're uh, uh, they're um, capable of as well. Yeah. Um, One thing I will say for the um, for those horrible bullies as well is that. If you must show someone's private sex tape, not only the first time they've had sex and everything like that, but very tastefully shot for bullies. They've got the they've got the window framing in there. Excellent. For your first time as well, an absolutely is this... bang, bang up performance. And they even, this... they even they they even stay on it for the I love you at the end. I think there's <laughs> <laughs> is this eyes wide shut that we're watching on there? Is yeah. this Emmanu- Emmanuel? This is uh... Rachel. It could have gone the other way with Rachel. She should have been like, yeah, fucking take notes, dickheads. Look at this. <laughs> I think it's um, it's interesting that they use like kind of sex as a weapon at the end because it's very clear the whole way through that those guys don't give a shit about sex or sort of how it makes people feel, but they're also clearly very aware of. Like, if you're having it with someone, you're you actually like like that sort of extra level to it. I think they clearly know. I mean, one they they know how badly it's gonna embarrass Rachel, which is maybe a a, a thing they clearly don't. I don't know if they care if it's gonna embarrass Jesse or not. I don't know if it's that different sort of thing where they they think that they're just all the jocks and everyone knows they have loads of sex, so it's it's fine. But um, they're also using it as a thing to sort of try and rip her and Jesse apart because they obviously she assumes that Jesse was aware that they were getting filmed so it's sort of that last thing in the like the last nail in the coffin where they're just like still using sex as a weapon against people even if it's not them actually having it with them and then also sort of ruining that perfect moment for her by making her think that Jesse just used her like um the same way that happened to Lisa and things like she can sort of I guess reflecting back what happened to her friend if that's the kind of way that um Erica treated Lisa then I guess she can see exactly mm. 
and why she did what she did they're jostling her around they're they're throwing her about it's quite a threatening environment everything's happening and then this is the the straw that breaks the camel's back and rachel has a flashback to something that she has never witnessed <laughs> she she has a flashback to carrie's mom carrie's mom who died 20 years ago doing they're all gonna laugh at you um and that is the that is the catalyst she evolves into her final form it's with- weird because i watched this film with subtitles on and that's a, it's apparently a song because it came up like they're all gonna laugh at you remix by so it was like that was a oh <laughs> So I'm not quite sure if it was meant to just be like, yeah, a bit of her having a flashback to something she didn't see or um, just the soundtrack with a uh, uh, Mrs. White sample in it. It's it's a strange one. That's the benefit of subtitles um, when you're watching stuff like this. Yeah, it was very, it was very odd. They're all going to laugh at you, DJ Carrie MC White. <laughs> I'll need to look it up and see. It was so funny. I was like, is that a... Is that a song? That's that's strange. That's a strange sample choice, but yeah, why not? A bit, she is a bit of We're All Gonna Laugh At You remix. <laughs> and, um, and goes full Shirley Manson. Her tattoo gets a little heartbeat in it and then mm. the, the petals slash thorns of the roses I yeah. guess psychically extend to cover her whole body because she's a psychic now. Um, yeah, I mean, and... it's weird. It's weird because nothing much was kind of focused on about the tattoo before this, apart from the fact that her and her and um, Lisa had the same tattoo and there was a connection to it somehow. But there hadn't been anything else. Like when she was having t- telekinetic flare-ups before, there wasn't like a focus on the tattoo. But it looks cool. Yeah, it looks yeah. cool. It, it's a good. It's a good. It's a good look. Second only to, I would say, the lead singer of Garbage, Shelley Manchin. I'm not sure if you've thought about her during the course of this film at all um but really did subtly nod to her for me at this point here um and unfortunately for those bullies they've done some bullying in a house which is i assume it would go on to be the the house from 13 ghosts (laughs) (laughs) don't throw stones in glass houses well (laughs) 90% 90% <laughs> glass in the um, greenhouse where meet Ed Mark has his party. <laughs> Guess what? Get somebody glass right up you. <laughs> and all of you. Yeah. She gets like this is a kill streak because she pretty much obliterates yeah, 90% of everybody at the party with one fell swoop. Obliterates just... half the school, and there's probably someone dying on the floor. Going, oh, if only there was precedent for this happening in this town. <laughs> no. <laughs> If only I could have foreseen this. Um, she glasses them. She's ripping out pipes out of the wall. Um, there's a poker. This is proper. Someone gets CDs, just like in... <laughs> just like Hellraiser. Hellraiser 3, colon, Hell on Earth. <laughs> she pinheads them. Absolutely <laughs> pinheads a lot of them. Yeah. Um, and obviously all of the big... Everyone dies except for any bad any bully character that's had a speaking role and been same, involved same character so actually lots of just just bystander bullies get, mm-hmm. get straight away she needs to save a special kill for some of those others but our worst bullies so meathead mark old um what's his chops another four letter name guy eric eric eric, eric. That's, yeah because they like that's the thing when when this has happened and they reveal eric as well as like one of the final levels to humiliation oh by the way <laughs> there's your sex tape on the screen and also here's the guy who 
who like caused your best friend to kill herself. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Never wonder she gets the rage. But um, they they immediately go to the the armory of this <laughs> house, and it's like <laughs> what's going on? Pretty starship troopers in there. It's like, like Lana Croft's house or something. Yeah. Like just like, immediate right. a harpoon gun. Harpoon gun. gun. Yeah, harpoon gun. And then no the... real guns. Yeah. Just yeah. aquatic just, weapons only. Just, just utility guns. Someone else yeah. has got like, <laughs> someone else is like grappling hook. Wow. <laughs> so, they've got they've got their weapons. Um immensely satisfying scene. It's so good. Like if I just two of them at once and it's it's perfect like anytime i mention this to people if people do have a good thing to say about it they're almost like oh is that the one where the guy gets his dick harpooned off and i'm like yes it is <laughs> it's so good is um, that the one it's the yeah. only one where someone's getting their dick harpooned off i've completely forgot that we didn't mention sue snell and the mum have been tracking uh rachel to this they're party. on the way because only and pointless saved them but <laughs> pointless the yeah it's like Oh, this this guy on this street has always had a thing for me. He's not. He's not. He's, he's not there. Maybe she is mad after all. Yeah, I think. Um, I think this this site this kind of storyline is Snell is probably why the film gets a bit of a bad rap because um, I'm sort of fine with it being tied to Carrie and her being the same dad, but this bit is literally pointless because Sue immediately gets I think pokered by a fire poker through yeah. the eye, through a door, through another person through many layers yeah. into her face and then Rachel's mum just comes in at enough time to be like oh you are actually evil and I hate you so it just takes away like anything that Rachel had and she causes she like distracts her long enough to get flare gunned in the stomach so the mum is no help at all no. she's actually she's a hindrance. massive yeah massive hindrance and then she just leaves she just runs out into the night uh, <laughs> to go and hook up with her invisible gentleman and then, like, I'm, back, I'm getting back to Arkham yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. the real world's the real world's fucked. She does say it somewhere. Like, oh, it's changed loads, isn't it? In twenty years, yeah. Assuming they are in a suburb of Gotham, I can't rule out that there isn't actually an invisible guy. Maybe her. She says it's a gentleman. Maybe it's the gentleman ghost, <laughs> famous Batman villain. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> what um? What part of America is Carrie set in? Is it usual? I just think because it's so funny in every single Stephen King thing ever, they make a huge point of if they mention a mental hospital as Juniper Hills because that's mm. what's in everything. But that's obviously in the the main area. So I just think it's hilarious that they've gone to a huge effort to be like, nah, Arkham, obviously. Like <laughs> we're not gonna tie this into the wider Stephen King universe. It's or somewhere else, but I can't remember where Google where says, of there. course, it's a main it's a main town of Chamberlain. Oh well, there you go. Oh, okay. Close close to Juniper Hill. Um so it's very it's very funny that they keep mentioning it was full it must have been out, 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 of the, out of the catchment area one of those things actually these three catchment area <laughs> your your <laughs> hospital is actually the much worse one <laughs> so she castrates eric with a harpoon she um smashes rachel's glasses Explodes her eyes off with um, exploding glasses. That's beautiful. Um, so yeah, she so she explodes, explodes Alicia not Silverstone's glasses. She harpoons Mark's junk into the pool. Uh, sorry, not it's it's, um Eric, Eric, and then Mark gets just biffed on the head by the um by the pool cover, 
ever so slowly as it comes over. Is that is that him? And then he gets got underwater. Yeah. Yeah. So she falls into the water after being harpooned Flared. herself. Flared, sorry, yeah, flare yeah. gun. That's it. Oh, I'm forgetting. They are all like Lara Croft weapons. Yeah. These are all the, all the things that she's got in Tomb Raider 2. The harpoon gun, the flares. Some of this dive through with double pistols. <laughs> <laughs> Eric goes like doing that side somersault across. <laughs> um, and yeah, when a mom was distracted uh, after Sue Snell has been harpooned right through the noggin. Um, so. A mum comes in and goes, oh, bloody ate you. And she goes, oh, I've got, please don't go, mum. I know I've not really seen you for a while, but my foster parents have slapped me around the face and grounded me. I've killed all these people from school that I've been friends with for uh, 18 hours, maybe. Um, and um, and I've got, I've basically got no one. Um, sorry, Rachel. Sorry to call you out on this. But um, what about your dog? <laughs> Has it escaped your knowledge that he is actually going to be? He's actually going to be fine. <laughs> she she went who? Oh yeah, yeah. Um, oh. Uh, he's all right. I'm really even thinking about him too. Fair. You, you you've lived long enough to see yourself become the villain, Rachel. You can't forget <laughs> about your dog. You had you had him. Um, but it's okay because Jesse turns up and he goes, "Hey." What's happened here, then? What's happened? What's happened here? And um, at first, she's a bit suspicious of him, but Tracy is somehow alive and in the middle, so she fucking wazzes a burning sofa at her. Right? Is that what it is? A burning sofa? It's something burning falls on her, and Jesse's just immediately like, "She's dead. Just leave her." But um, <laughs> thanks to Rachel's telekinetic powers of rewinding and zooming on a, a video camera she zooms in on jesse telling her that he loves her um while they were asleep oh yeah you did say that because no one would tape. use those words no one would use those words as a form of gaslighting someone no. the fact that you, the fact that you said it makes me know it's like those things in films that go right enhance rewind enhance <laughs> enhance the technology zoom doesn't zoom exist enhance. to enhance oh. that no, no. Enhance, zoom zoom she's got psychic powers yeah mind mind powers it's fine um you proper like re-record, not fade away. Scotch tape rewinds that a few times. <laughs> After she's heard it enough times, she's like, "That's really sunk in now." Actually, I I do believe you that you did that because actually, isn't performative because I was asleep, so you didn't know it was being filmed. So mm. actually, that that's genuine. So I do love you. Actually, unfortunately, though, um, despite all of her psychic abilities, this is why it's telekinetic, not psychic, because. The one thing she did not foresee coming was that big old bit of roof. Well, she she does all the bolts while she's raging at him. She's like psychically undoing all the bolts, and then she's like, "Oh, it's fine, I love you." And then ah, just immediately gets crushed. Look out, <laughs> roof! Yeah. Oh, like, this is like that bit in Batman Begins when uh when Bruce Wayne gets like a bit of food, and then Alfred says, "You do no serves, and you can't lift a bloody log." <laughs> <laughs> That's what we should say to her. You're telekinetic and you can't lift a bloody log. <laughs> bit of a bloody roof. Um, yeah, so she she say she she looks at Jesse one more time and goes, "Get out of here!" and then sends him absolutely spiraling out through that glass wall onto the, onto, looks the like it's safe, kill him. onto the lovely safe 
the pool, pool cover. cover. Thankfully, it's still it's still attached quite tautly. It doesn't wrap it's around him and drown him like Unbreakable. It's because he wasn't wearing a poncho. He <laughs> definitely drowned if he was. So you blast, she blasts him out through the through the thirteen ghosts house, and he's just looking up as the house is destroyed. Um, and then we flash forward to one year later. He's got his life together. He's at college. Everyone's moved on. He has got her dog, the main character of the story. He lives with him how, now. How's he ended up with custody of that dog? And, and also, poor dog, constantly, constantly cursed to be in houses <laughs> that he's not really supposed to be in. <laughs> I don't feel allowed pets in here. Ah, he's all right. Because he's, he's, right. he's woofing and he's like, don't you get you get us in chucked out? The university's got very strict rules that you're only allowed in here in mornings. Mm. He's like, I just want to live my life. <laughs> um, surely it'd be the other way around. Like you could have your dog sleeping with you, in, but you got can't leave him in there when you're out all day. Get out, get out backwards. No, he he's like, don't don't let us in there, and then. Genuinely a little bit heartbroken here because I was like, oh, happy ending. She's walking through. She's come. Um, it's Rachel. Turns out that roof only slowed her down a bit. And a year later, she's living on the run and she comes to see him at the stroke of midnight. But then she turns into dust and it's a horrible nightmare. She turns into a horrible CGI meringue. This scared me a bit because I was oh. like, I was proper into it, like going, oh, she's back. I can't believe it. And then when she like, like oh, fuck. No, she's it happens so fast. She is like, it's it's a, it's like a three frame job between meringue stone shattered. <laughs> meringue Ex- stone shattered. Dead. Explodes. <laughs> and and he wakes up and he was, he was in the room and it was only very good, actually. Very consistent. He was in his nightmare. It was two minutes to 12. And then he wakes up and it's 12 o'clock. So he's dreaming in real time. He's dreaming that's in real time. He's got, got a great attention to detail. And that's then he kind of, itself. kind of like the end of an episode of Law and Order where he just got a size and it's like. <sighs> <laughs> and then it's like, is it some sort of like new metal outro song? I don't know. In my head, it is. It is, yeah. I can't remember who it is. I did not retain that subtitle information. I'm gonna um, have a quick look yeah. at the Carry Two soundtrack. I'm looking Sorry. at the soundtrack. It's, it's, the only big hitters on there are Typo Negative, Fear Factory, and I guess Paradise Lost. The rest of them I'm not familiar with. Not that I'm the damn yeah. in Paradise Lost with some faint praise there. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Paradise Lost. Um, a lot of them haven't even got a link on Wikipedia. What can you say? Buddha Monk. No. Tra- <laughs> trailer Park Pam. I mean, um, that's the that's the last thing. Maybe that is maybe Spark Somebody Up by Buddha Monk, three minutes fifty-seven is um That's a that's good t- title for a song based on this film. Spark Somebody Up. Not, not, not Laughter Limes by by Sack. Yeah. Sack. <laughs> They're my favorite sack. Uh Right, that's the end of the film. I guess we got to do a bit of name game. Should we explain to you how name game works briefly, Kim? It's fairly easy. Yeah. It's fairly straightforward. <laughs> Basically, we'll describe the plot or synopsis of a film um, that sounds a little bit like The Rage Carry 2. So, okay. Um, after one example, it will become clear what we mean by that. Um, the Rage Carry 2 or Carry 2 The Rage? Have you done this? I've done it in as in... The, the parlance of the rage carry to. 
mine are absolutely awful and i always seem to apologize in advance but you want to go first ben or do you want me to go no you can go first set the bar okay um in this film um famous chef chef rhodes returns and this time he's brought some new herbs along with him I know exactly what it is because I tried to do a herb-based one. It is the Sage yep. Gary 2. The Sage Gary 2, correct. <laughs> Gary Rhodes, rest in peace. Always forget that Gary Rhodes Oh, is Rhodes Gary is Rhodes dead? Oh, fucking hell. This thing's getting <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. And a toothache so all sorry. morning. Is... <laughs> uh, what have I got? Okay. So this film crosses over with another famous Stephen King adaptation. Um, A horrible massacre strikes up after an outcast teenage girl accidentally runs over a little boy with a truck. uh, And then they realise that they've got to dig a hole and put him in it twice. It's terrible, I'm sorry. Is it the gauge? (laughs) Bury two, but said bury slightly wrong, but bury two. Yes. Thank Uh, you. <laughs> I got the gauge part. I could not get it. I was just gonna be like pet cemetery. Too. <laughs> pet, <laughs> pet cemetery, isn't it? Pet cemetery. I tend to like write these down, and then it's at it's at this exact moment that I try to add some sort of explanation for them. So I, I do apologize. Okay, okay. Andy, here's one for you. So um, the Hendersons are back, and unfortunately, evil hunter David Suchet has captured. Um, their adopted family member, a Sasquatch, in a big metal prison. The Cage Harry 2. Cage Harry 2, <laughs> correct. I like it. Um, what else have we got? I'm so sorry. I don't know how, this, how we can explain this. A horrible massacre strikes up after a, young, a teenage girl realizes she's not getting paid the minimum amount of money you should do for getting for working at a photography development was it place. <laughs> uh, so she decides to become a bigamist. <laughs> <laughs> what's the first? What's the first part of that again? Um, she's not getting paid enough for a job. Um, she's getting. She's not getting paid the oh, minimum. Okay. So is it? She becomes the, a bigamist. Is it the wage? Marry too. <laughs> yes, it is. I put a question mark in there, but that that carried it off. The wage, very too, very exactly. too. Um, everyone was based on a sage leaf, so I'm not going to go for that. How about then, um, you two, that I put this to you? Um, a young a young boy tasked with um helping his family members at a, at a wedding in quite a ceremonial role, befitting <laughs> of, a, of a young male child. Um, is asked not to transport one of the rings down the aisle, but buddy both of them. Um, uh, I think I've got it. The page carry two, but like carry with a Y. That's right, the page <laughs> carry two. <laughs> the page. Sorry, only referred to me as the page during this during this wedding. All right. Yeah, like the vicar that doesn't know the little kid's name. Oh, the the page, the little <laughs> the page carry two. Is that it? You got any more? I got two more for you, Ben. If you if you're ready for it, two more. <laughs> I know it's an easy word to rhyme. So, <laughs> next one. Um, 
so um, Madame Curie is back, and this time she's safe from radiation because she has a meter to warn her when when there's lots of radiation around. The gauge. Yeah. Who? <laughs> Madame Curie. Curie. Yeah. Mary too. She's French, Marie. <laughs> <laughs> the gauge, Marie too. Oh and then God. the last one. After successful television roles in the uh, in both Red Dwarf and the Britas Empire, um, a man named Chris decides to tread the boards. The stage, Barry too. Stage Barry too, correct. Fantastic, <laughs> nailed it. I had nothing. <laughs> I've got no more. I kind of want to see all of those films. <laughs> I definitely want to see the one about Gary. That's a, that's the name of the Gary Rhodes biopic. The Sage, considering he's, he's also dead. also a very wise cook. I imagine he had quite a storied career. Very spiky hair. Uh, <laughs> so. <laughs> I guess we got to rate the movie A to F. Uh, Kim, how would you like to rate this film? Um, I'm going to give it an A. Weirdly, I, actually, I rated it on Letterboxd the last time. I Twice I'd watched it, just four stars. And I don't know why. I don't know what I thought the missing star was. I watched it this time and gave it five. Um, I think, yeah, I just... I, it's, it's a very time-specific film. It feels very much like watching like the craft or like house of wax remake or something it has that soundtrack it just whisks you back to that like my teenage years of watching this at high school and i do think um i mean it's it's a lot of fun it's got some great kills and stuff and i just think it has yeah there's so much like deeper message and things that you can analyze and i think it was quite ahead of its time and that kind of stuff and i think it makes it still quite relevant and it can maybe get a bit of a harsh time for some questionable like cgi and um yeah the kind of tenuous link to carry but i think overall the whole like story and the way they deliver it um is is really great and i think it's it'll be one it's the same actually um i don't know if you've ever seen the third urban legend film bloody mary um it gets a lot of shit as well but it's got a very similar storyline about a toxic football team um who are kind of it's all kind of rape culture and it's kind of been covered up by the future generation and that's why bloody mary comes back i would highly recommend that one um it's directed by mary lambert who directed um pet cemetery as well which is like my favorite oh, wow. stephen okay. king adaptation so yeah it's got some terrible cgi as well but i would recommend it it's very much i think it and carrie um to make a great double bill and i think they both get a lot of uh hate for being uh, perceived terrible sequels to other great films but yeah I just think it's it's got quite an important thing to say and I think even past when the the music and the effects have gone quite questionable I think it's it's still gonna keep saying that um, important message so um, yeah I I love it so yeah I'm gonna give it top marks <laughs> uh, Go for A or A plus? Oh let's go for A plus if there's a, 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 a chance for that one because it's just um, yeah I never get tired of watching it and uh yeah i was like i was said before we started i own this film in every every format um i watched the shiny blu-ray version this time around because i hadn't watched it yet but um yeah i just adore it so that's good i'd like it when people like things um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's 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 really nice like um i 
now I'm trying to rack my brains to think, have I watched Urban Legend 3? I might have to go back. Basically, my very limited memory of Urban Legends is Hoodie in the first one, and then the person who's the villain is that lady has iconic curls, the curls mm-hmm. that define the generation. Yep. I don't think I've seen the third one. <clears throat> it's great. <laughs> Kate Mara's in it, so... um. It has like real people oh, okay. in it. <laughs> real human beings. We'll wait, do a, wait. we'll do a, we'll do an urban legend binge, Kim. We'll get you back for three. Oh, pet, please do. <laughs> I would love that. <laughs> what are you what are you rating it, Andy? Um, it's it's a classic for for me, Ben. In that I didn't know anything about this film. I have watched it, even though I watched it in a slight rush. I'd like to spend some more time when I'm not watching it piecemeal and I get to enjoy it properly um, but I think this had this was far better than it had any business being in being a movie solo sequel to a Stephen King thing as I say I think for me had they been a bit braver at the time you could have separated this from Carrie entirely and just had a film called The Rage which has a which has a psychic revenge plot in it um, and you could have, you know, separated it from Carrie entirely, and I think it still would have stood alone very well. I kind of like the visuals, and Kim, you mentioned like it's very easy to shit on like the CGI and stuff like this. Now, it's very easy. We look back at certain things with kind of disdain, and we we have a great love for other things that we that don't seem to date in our memories. You watch films that are held up on a visual sense. Now, you watch The Matrix. Now, those sunglasses and phones have dated like. <laughs> like milk Sorry, like, yeah um yeah we're getting the Mo- motorola razors out and the <laughs> and the sunglasses that are the most 1999 sunglasses ever but we don't look back on those and do it so why do we worry so much about you know yes there's a few lines around the cgi but i think the story and it's really really quite fun and i think as we said in the sh- in the episode i kind of have a bit of respect for a film that despite the overblown horror elements of it does still have a a message behind it as well i can't poss- i can't meet match your unbridled <laughs> enthusiasm after just after just one watching no. but, <laughs> but it's one of these that i enjoyed watching it and then then get sick of me saying this having talked about it with you guys with for an hour or so <laughs> probably like it even more now because i've heard i've heard your take on it there are things that i can say oh yeah i didn't think of that or i didn't i didn't see that or yeah that was pretty fun wasn't it um so i like this more i'm gonna give this one i've been blown away i'm going too high i'll temper my expectations a bit and go for our hangout classic then of a b minus from me i was gonna go for a b minus as well again First, first time watching it, so it's probably difficult to kind of rank it higher than that for me. But I was pleasantly surprised by it in, in terms of how it stands separate from, from the original. Um, and it's got, there's a moral sort of story to tell. I think it's a great central performance. Um, a really great performance as like a, a protagonist as well. And, you know, when really dislikable characters get their comeuppance in some way, whether it's having their knob shot off by a harpoon, glasses exploding their face, um, 
being crushed by a burning sofa? Did, did we say? <laughs> I don't know. Was that right? You get smashed by a burning sofa. I mean, certainly it's more straightforward than drugging someone, burying them alive, and then giving them Cenobite dreams, Bishop. <laughs> um, it, sound, it sounds like it, definitely. Yeah. Um, uh, and I think for that point, it's effective. And sure, it does kind of just like build towards this final scene, but so does the original carry as well, you know, that it does kind of build towards that. Um, and I think it does it really well. Maybe the ending's a bit of like a disappointment in terms of how it kind of just like goes... And then she's dead, and yeah. the dog and the dog just moved out. <laughs> just, <laughs> um, did she did love Jesse? I don't know if you know that, but they loved each other, so it's only natural that the shall, dog. Shall I look after the dog? Shall I look after the dog? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, they should have had a scene. And said, please look after my dog. Only you know where he's gone to the vets. I didn't mention it to my, my foster parents. Yeah. Um. Um. So yeah, I think I'll go for a classic B minus. Um. Much better than I kind of was anticipating it to be. And yeah, it's definitely one. And again, I think I agree with you, Andy. It's one of, it is one of those where now we've spoken about it at great length. I do realise a lot more about it and work out you know what things worked really well and what things perhaps probably should have got more plaudits for when this was originally released. Um, so there we go. When it comes to psycho kind of power children, which would you both rather be facing if you you have to fight one of them there's no there's no option let's put let's set the rules out here so you're going to start at opposite ends of a field they will immediately (laughs) perceive you as an enemy and they're going to attack you would you rather be up against (laughs) carry the rage carry two um fire starter or uh the frozen woman (laughs) wait you've got to fight one elsa yeah, Elsa. <laughs> uh, Got to fight one of them. And just to point out, I know Elsa's nice. She's perceived you as an enemy, Ben. You're that bad prince or whatever the baddie is in that movie. She's going to get you. Who would I rather take on? Yeah, you got to fight one of them. I reckon I can get the drop on Drew Barrymore. Oh, okay. Just like run towards her and then she perceived me as an enemy. And then the fan will start making her hair go like that. And I just, I don't know, two foot tackle her. Break her legs. But they're all there at the same time trying to kill me because I'm screwed. No, only only one at a time. One of them's going to appear. This is like a, a Hellraiser situation. You've done that box and Pinhead's gone right. Choose your enemy. Yeah. I feel like out of all of them, Carrie, original recipe Carrie, is the one I'd be most scared of. Because I think once she's gone, she's gone. That's it. Whereas I think, Rachel, you can still kind of reason with her. I do love you. I did love you. Look at the video. I I think you've you've sold it for me, Ben. I think I would go for, um, I would go for the rage carry too, and say, she'd see me, yeah. his enemy, and go, Shirley Manson, and she could oh you, <laughs> <laughs> I bloody love her. I said, oh, now you've mentioned that, and then worst worst comes to worst, I'll be smashed through a glass wall to safely land on a, to safely <laughs> land on a, on a yeah. in the middle of a field. You're right. How about how about you, Kim? Who are you going to go up against? See, I was going to say original carry because I don't want to go against ice or fire. Um, and I was thinking, like, original carry seems like I know she still murders a lot of people, but it's very just like, oh, make this wire go into the water and electrocute people. Whereas, like, carry oh, okay. uh, Rachel and the Rage 2 is like properly like fire poking in people through the eye. Like, she seems intent on, like, I hate you, you're going to get murdered horribly. Whereas original Carrie seems to just be like, I'm just going to create, like, absolute chaos. Um, so you might be able to, like, 
dive through the chaos and get to her before she actually like pinpointed you. Um, that'd be yeah. my logic. Anyway. <laughs> you don't want to get frozen to death because that would be painful. No, no. There we go. I think we've uh, we've covered this film as is in as much detail as possible, <laughs> um, which is good. So maybe the most I... detail on the internet. I think here. Yeah, right? <laughs> Possibly claim it. Possibly. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, Kim. Where can our listeners find more from you on socials or elsewhere? Um, I'm on Twitter um, and Instagram. I'm at WickedSister69 because I picked my handle when I was 16 and I have not changed it. I am committed. Um, <laughs> I I write, uh, I'm a senior contributor for Ghouls Magazine. Um, so I write over there quite regularly. I do a column on um, motherhood and horror movies. Um, and I also... Uh, just do a lot of bananas lists um as well which get me insulted on letterbox um and i also do all their social media so anything you see on their social media sites um that is me as well so um yeah that's the that's the main place i have my own blog as well called um little red horror um where i yeah again i just write a lot of random lists and i do uh a column comparing remakes to their originals and and things as well because i'm a big fan of a uh a terrible remake or a terrible sequel that's definitely my wheelhouse <laughs> amazing we'll put all of those links in the show notes so thank you very much for listening if you enjoyed the show become a patron over at patreon.com forward slash horror hangout thanks very much to all of our current patrons including john crinan ben scaife stephen christopher laura kendrick toby miller lane spencer ollie child leslie carlo julia bilgren nick spill troy bursch and pazuzu thank you all very much for your support um we're on twitter at um horror underscore hangout underscore and we're on instagram at horror hangout podcast we're also recently on facebook and tiktok can you believe it uh thank you very much for, to taj easton for our theme music thanks to acast for hosting the show please consider giving us a rating or review head over to the facebook group horror hangout board of advisors for more next week we're doing killer clowns from outer space with the every movie ever podcast so please tune in for that Thanks again, Kim. And thank you very much, Andy, for being a right horror dude. Thanks, Kim. Thanks, Ben. And thanks, everybody, for being right horror dudes, wherever you are. Don't carry us. We're respectful. <laughs> Don't carry us at all. Please keep harpoons away from our junk. Yeah, if you could. See you later. May your glasses never explode. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Bye-bye now. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, 
according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 